Welcome to Bringing the Culture, a platform where we will be creating content on women's college basketball from a fan's perspective. I'm the host, Gerard Richardson, just your average fan who watches a lot of basketball and who loves the game. Um, today, our guest is Jade Upshaw. She is an outstanding guard that currently plays at Arkansas State University, who's heading into her sophomore year. In high school, Jay was a McDonald's All-American nominee and an All-State player in Oklahoma. And so today in our episode, we will be discussing with Jade and getting her insight on her college career and her experiences so far in college, um, her outstanding high school career, and then who she is as a person off the court. So welcome, Jay. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, look, looked forward to this interview. So. Okay. Glad to have you. Um, so first thing, I shared two of your major accomplishments in high school, like the McDonald's All-American and being an All-State player. But if you had to pick one or two experiences or moments that, or achievements or accomplishments that you've had so far in your basketball journey that you cherish the most, what would you pick and why? I'd probably say getting to the state tournament my senior year, just because um, at Kellyville High School it was the first like basketball t like state tournament that we'd ever made it to in boys and girls. So I think just getting to accomplish that for our town and the school was was amazing. So that's a really good one, and we're going to dive deeper into like that moment and that game as well later on in the podcast. Um, to start, I would like you to describe your game to our viewers. And so if there's someone out there who has never seen you play before and they come to one of your games next year, like what kind of player are they going to see in you? I would say someone that's creative with the ball, someone that likes to have the ball in their hands, um, someone that likes to go score, um, definitely likes to shoot a three. I love doing that. So someone that, um, just someone crafty, mm -hmm. that's, that's who they're going to see. I would add to that, I agree with everything you said, I would add to that one, like a high IQ player. And so from what I've seen, you always play the right way. You try to make the right reads and the right passes. Like you're not someone who's going to just jack up threes like every time down the court. I would also say like you play with a lot of energy and you hustle. And so there were lots of moments last year where I saw you like sprinting back on defense every time, no matter what was happening. Well, and so you. I think they're going to see that from you, like no matter the opponent or no matter the game next year. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. So let's dive into last year. And so your first year at Arkansas State as a true freshman, um, you played in 26 games with six starts. And so, and you average eight points and three rebounds a game. And so with that being said, like you first, you were adjusting to a new level of basketball playing division one. Um, you're trying to find your role on a new team. Um, and like you are still able to make an immediate impact, like even though you were adjusting to a new level of basketball and a new team. And so how do you, how would you describe your freshman year? I would describe it, it was really exciting. Um, just getting to experience the Division One level, and um, I just think just getting to play there and um, all of that was really fun. But the experience, I would say, overall was really fun. Um, like the coaching experience, just getting to meet other players that were on the same level and just, like, learning from them, learning from my coaches at that level. I learned a lot about just all of that went into basketball, like things that I had no idea, like how – like detailed basketball is yeah. and it's just like crazy to me because I was like I didn't know all of that went into all of this mm -hmm. and so just um getting to kind of play that and uh, learn from that was really cool yeah 
I imagine like the scouting reports like at a college level and a high school level are drastically different. So different. I mean, like it's broken down, detailed every player, like you know everything that they do. Um, and then in high school, you know, like, okay, you're studying one player, like she can shoot, she yeah. can get to the basket, but that's it. Mm-hmm. But like in college, I mean, you're breaking down even the girl that probably plays eight minutes a game. Like, you know, you're just like looking at every girl, seeing what she can do and making sure that you're ready to guard yeah. everybody. So yeah, that was a lot different, but it was really cool getting to see that. What was most memorable about last year? Um, I think the most memorable part was, I mean, just getting to to play with all the girls I played with, and just um, I really loved getting to co- be coached by Coach Rogers. Um, she was amazing, and I'm really excited to play for her the next three years. But um, the last game that we played before our conference uh, tournament was against uh, UTA, mm-hmm. and that was a really fun game to play. Uh, we weren't supposed to win. UTA was ranked, I think, like second or third in our conference. And um, we just kind of came in as the underdog, and we, you know, it was their senior night, and it was just a really fun mm. game to play. And we ended up beating them, and it was a really fun, it was a really fun game to play. So I feel like that stuck out a lot. Yeah, that's a good one, especially on their senior night too. That's like a, a big win to it ruin their cool. senior night. Yeah, <laughs> and they had a lot of good senior players, so it was fun just kind of getting to, I guess, not ruin that, but just yeah. kind of, you know, go in there and win. So. Yeah. That's a good one. It's like, what's the biggest difference between Division One basketball and high school basketball, in your opinion? I mean, it's it's a lot different. High school basketball is just a little more like, uh, I mean, it's a little more intimate, I feel like, because with the town and everything, and just like, they're all your like best friends growing up and, mm. and all of that. But I feel like um, the biggest difference is obviously just like the talent that you play with. Because like in high school, you know, you're, you're playing with a few talented players that are on your level. But once you get to the Division One level, everybody's been playing since they were you know, five years old and been playing AU since third grade. And so everybody is just really good. And so getting to play against, um, it's just more competitive. So mm-hmm. I would say that. I think the one thing that I noticed, cause I watched one of your high school games. And then right after I watched the college game of yours, but usually I've never watched like a high school and then a college. Like you watch a high school game one day and you might watch like an NBA like the next day. But I watched them back to back and the speed was like a big difference. Okay, yeah. I don't I don't know why I missed that. But yeah, the, the pace is different. Everything is just faster. I mean the girls are at more athletic. Mm-hmm. They're um they're just smarter. Um and there's there's more skill there. So I just yeah, that's that's a huge difference. I don't know why I didn't I left that out. But yeah. but yeah, that's a big difference. But it's fun because it's just a lot more com- more competitive. So. Yeah, it's just a lot more going on. So like in high school you can walk the ball up, like you can get your spots, you can get your shots off, like you can manipulate the game how you want it, control yeah. it how you want. But like college, they were like running back and mm-hmm. forth, like up and down. Like you got to make so many quick decisions and yeah. quick reads. Like it's just so much more going on. And like that's you said, true. the athleticism too. Like the girls are just so much more athletic. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, getting used to that was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a like a you know a crazy transition, but it was like oh man, I got to kind of you know get. You know, I need to start running a little more. Like, I need to get in shape a little more because, you know, it's just different. But, um, but yeah, I'd say those are the biggest changes. Yeah. All right. So, next thing we'll talk about is, like, your impressive stats. And so, looking at last year, even though you were adjusted from high school to college, one of your most impressive stats was that you scored double digits in 11 games last year. And you had a career high of 17 in two of those games. And so you also scored double digit the first four games of your college career as well. And so with that being said, on like how much you scored throughout the season, what led to your scoring success? 
I mean, I would say I'd give that to my teammates. I'd give that to uh, the confidence I got from my coaches. Um, they just gave me all the confidence to just be able to go out there and just kind of just play my game. And I was never really nervous or afraid to take shots. So I knew that they were um, they were confident in that, and they knew that I could score. So I think that instilled a lot of confidence in me. But um, I'd give it to my teammates as well. They, you know, would give me the ball whenever I was open. They trusted me. Um, and I think, I mean, just being in the gym and shooting and just you know, being ready for the for the games were was a big role that played into me scoring this year. So. So I hear you saying three things. One was preparation and like putting in the work. Two was teammates, like and getting you the ball. And like three was just shooting with confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those yeah. those were definitely the 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 three. And um and I just really like appreciate all of the the support that I had from the coaching staff because I mean they really instilled all that confidence in me, and that's why I think I scored a lot of the times because I knew that they you know had the confidence in me to to go score. So. Yeah. Good. That's good. That's really good. You can see players sometimes when their coaches don't believe in them, mm-hmm. like they they are not themselves and they play differently and their game suffers. And so it's good that you feel the confidence. Yeah. The coaches have the confidence in you to go out there and yeah. score and shoot the ball. So when can you tell you're going to have a good shooting night? So like, is it when you wake up in the morning, like and you got to bet you're like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to drop at least like a couple points tonight. Is it like pregame shoot around or is it like when the game actually gets to going back and forth? Like, you know, you're going to be hot. It's really pregame shoot around. And it's huh? it's really when I get out there, I'm like, I'm kind of shooting well and I'm kind of feeling it. I feel loose. I feel like energetic. I'm happy like I feel like I look good I feel like if when I feel like I look good and I feel good I usually play good and so when I feel like that I know it's going to be a good night so what helps you feel like you look good um if my hair is cooperating with me that day then I definitely feel like it's going to be a good night (laughs) but um I mean obviously sometimes it doesn't but um but yeah overall I think that's just like if I feel good and I feel like I you know I ate some good food um, and I'm shooting well in the warm-ups, and I think I'm going to have a good night. So one thing I noticed on your highlights, like even a little bit as a freshman in high school, but definitely last year, is that you leave your shooting hand up after you made a three. And so what's behind that? Is that you letting your opponents know like you just made a three in their face? So I think that um, started when my dad, when I was younger, and my dad always kept telling me to leave my, my shooting hand up, like leave it in the cookie jar, because he would always teach me like, you know, hand in the cookie jar, and that's how you like, you know, your form and your release, and I used to always like drop my hand every time I shot, and he was like, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make more shots if you leave it up, and so I, ever since then, I just, I think that started there, I just kept leaving it up, and uh, I think that's where it stemmed from, yeah. is him, so. Got to give him credit for that. Do you think he's right? Do you think you make more when you leave it up? Oh, yeah. I've I've seen the difference between when I just drop it and it just kind of is either short or, you know, it just doesn't go in. But usually when I leave it up, it usually goes in. So I've stuck to that. So, yeah. Yeah, you better start leaving it up like after every shot. <laughs> yeah, that's helped me a lot, though. Yeah. All right. So how many shots have you had to get up outside of practicing games to get your shot looking as pretty as it does? So I usually try to at least shoot like 400 or 500. Um, hope, like every time, probably before a game, I'll go up to the gym. Um, if before we leave for a road game or a home game, I'll go up to the gym and shoot either like 400 or 500, depending on like how I'm feeling. If I'm tired, like I'll usually do like maybe 350, 400. But um, I usually try to get up to 500 at least just to get me ready and making sure that I'm, you know, uh, consistent. So, yeah.
All right, so next let's talk about, like, the season. And so early in the season, you played against two teams for bigger conferences, OU and Arkansas. And both of them ended up making the tournament, like, at the end of the year. But you scored double digits against both, even though it was early in the season. And so could you tell any difference between those teams and, like, teams from smaller conferences? And, like, what do you remember about those games? Um, I feel like the biggest difference, I feel like, I mean, there's skilled players on all levels, uh, mid-major and power five. But I feel like at those levels, like in Oklahoma or in Arkansas, there's just probably more of those skilled players um, and just elite players. Um, so I feel like that was a the difference. They're just, you know, you have them all along the bench, while like at a mid-major, y- yes, they're all talented and elite, but you have maybe like eight of them. Um, so, but I feel like, did you say the most thing that most stuck, stuck out? Yeah. So I would say like just getting to play against like those schools that you always kind of looked at and like on ESPN watching and mm-hmm. just kind of getting to play against those girls that you always like saw, uh, you know, ESPN top 100 and all of those players um, getting to play against those girls were really cool. Um, and just getting to play at Oklahoma, I feel like growing up and watching them being a big fan of Oklahoma, um, getting to play there uh, at Lloyd Noble was a, uh, was a really cool experience and getting to have Arkansas in Jonesboro was, was really cool. We had a big crowd that night and uh, just getting to play against that that big that big power five level, so that was really fun. All right. So next question is, what was the biggest challenge that was basketball related that you experienced last year, and how did you overcome it? So I would say it was the coaching change that happened in the middle of the season. It was right after we had played um, Utah State, um, and uh, Coach Dano, the the coach that recruited me, he decided to resign. And uh, I feel like that was probably the, the toughest um, challenge uh, during my, my freshman year just because, um, you know, he was the guy that recruited me, and it was just kind of a shock to us all. But um, but it ended up uh, being a good situation with Coach Rogers when she took over and um, ended up being a really good, a good thing. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, like, him recruiting you, how was the recruiting process? It was good. Um I he they were my I think like my fifth offer um and you know I hadn't even heard of Arkansas State before then and I was like Arkansas State interesting <laughs> like I had no idea um and I got on the phone with him um like the day of um coach so coach West and Jameson he's at ACU right now he was the assistant coach there um last year he left I think like really early in the season last year um but he sent me a Twitter DM and he was like, hey, like, we love your highlights. We're really interested in you. Um, what's your number? And um, when that happened, I was actually in a tournament down in Dallas. Um, and I was in the hotel room by myself. My parents were, like, out getting groceries or something. And I was just alone. And I was like, I sent him my number. And he ends up calling me. And he's like, hey, how are you? And, like, all this, we start talking. And then he gives the phone to Coach Daniel. And I start talking to him for, like, five minutes. And he just, like, was like, I love you as a kid like you've got great game um and then we want to offer you and that was it was really cool just to see like how much they saw me just off of like my highlights and um and so that was really really cool and I could see a lot of um you know I was I was really excited because you know they were so interested so fast and that meant a lot um but the recruiting process overall went went really well for me um I wasn't really recruited at all in high school until I got my first offer after my junior year in high school, and it was uh, UCO. 
And that was probably the coolest, like, moment for me because, you know, I wasn't recruited, wasn't looked at throughout high school. And, like, my dream had came true. Like, a coach finally, like, saw something in me. And um, that was that was really cool. And then when I joined um, Pro Skills, the Nike UIBL team, um, that sem- summer before my senior year, things just kind of took off after that. And, um, and then I ended up with, I think, seven offers. And, um, and so the recruiting process overall, it was, it was an interesting process. It was new to the family, new to everything, because I was the first, like, college player in any sport in our family to really um, be recruited. And so that was really fun for us as a family, but um, at times difficult, because I did talk to a lot of just schools that ended up, you know, not, you know, being anything like an offer or anything. But the, the process overall was um, a fun experience. And, um, and then it came down to... Uh, Grand Canyon University and uh, in Arkansas State and I really liked Grand Canyon I went and visited um, there it was during COVID so we couldn't actually do like an unofficial visit or an official visit and so me and my family just went down there and we just kind of saw Phoenix and went on campus and all of that and then we kind of got a taste for that and then we went to Jonesboro like the following week just to kind of like get a feel for Jonesboro and it just kind of reminded me of home like it was pretty similar to Oklahoma and so, um, and then I just kind of fell in love with the coaching staff and how just like, um, how intentional they were with me and how much they saw in me. And it was close to home, like it wasn't a flight away, like I wouldn't have to fly home every time I wanted to come home. Um, and then I just felt like it was a good fit. So that's, and then I, when we were leaving Jonesboro, I, I told my parents, I was like, I think I'm ready. I think it's time. Like this is probably as far as it's going to go in the recruiting process. And I really like it. I think I could you know, be someone here and, you know, play a lot. And um, we thought, like, the playing style that Coach Daniel wanted to play and the staff wanted to play was exactly how I wanted to play. And so we ended up um, – I ended up calling Coach Daniel and telling him I committed. And, and ever since then, it was uh, the best decision I could have made by far. So, yeah. Once you committed, like, no, like, second-guessing and no other school came into the mix? No, no second-guessing. Like, I was like, this is set. Like, this is where God wants me to be. I, I prayed about it a lot, and um, I just felt like um, he was putting me where I needed to be, and I could not be any more happy where I am. So I'm happy how it ended up. That's good to hear. I'm glad it went out. It ended well and, like, went well. Thank you. Um, so one thing you talked about was, like, the coaching change midseason. And so from that coaching change, Coach Rogers stepped up as interim coach. And as a result, you had some, like, really special moments the rest of the year. Can you speak on her as a coach? Oh, yeah. She I, – I love that. I love her so much. She's literally, like – she's a player's coach. She um, She's just very, like – she's also your friend. She's someone that has, like, respect from everybody. Um, she's just a great person, a great coach, and a good leader, um, I have so much respect for her, and so does everybody else. I mean, anybody that you come across that meets her just will tell you, like, she, you ha- they have so much respect for her. Um, and it, what's cool is that, like, although, like, she's she's our coach, she's, you know, knowledgeable, she's wise, but she's also, like, a friend to all of us, and you can just talk with her and laugh with her, and I think that's the best part about the relationship that she has with her players, and um, just her as a person overall is great. She's a great um, Christian leader as well, and just kind of having that as our head coach is really cool. And um, so, yeah, I would say she's, she's a really cool person. She looks like she's, like, on top of things too and, like, mm-hmm. holds everybody accountable, oh, like, yeah. when they go wrong, but mm-hmm. also, like, in a loving way. Yeah, no, yeah. She, you know, she'll be the first one to kind of be like, okay, you need to fix this, but, like, she is the first one that's going to bring you up and tell you, like, you got this. Like, there'd be times in games where I just, like, wasn't shooting well, and she'd be, she'd be like, Jade, keep shooting. Like, we all trust you. We'll just, like, keep shooting. 
And I feel like that meant so much to me because I feel like a lot of coaches could be just like come out of the game, sit you on the bench, mm -hmm. and you know you're done because you're not shooting well. Um, but the confidence that she had in me um, just means so much, and she tells me that all the time. So I could tell by her like interviews and stuff like that, like she believes in your game mm -hmm. and she loves your yeah. game a lot. So one special moment that came from like her becoming the coach was her first win. Um, her first win was the first win by an African-American female coach, like in Arkansas State history. Mm -hmm. And so how did it feel to be a part of that moment? That was really cool. We played uh, Mississippi St Valley State. I remember that exactly. That night was really fun. Um, it was just like we ended up like blowing them out because it was kind of unexpected, I feel like, in a sense, because the night before Coach Daniel had resigned until so everybody was just like, the girls are probably not going to do their best, you know, just lost their coach, like, mm -hmm. you know, and um, we ended up beating them, but like, I think it was like 20 or something. Mm -hmm. And so, and then just getting to that for her and just getting to experience like all of that joy, um, her having her first win as a head coach at this level, um, and just kind of getting to be a part of that was really fun. And then at, at, in the locker room after the game, we all had planned to, like, spray her with our bottles. And we were all, like, planning it and scheming it for when she came in. And um, it was really fun. I think that video is on, like, the NCAA mm -hmm. men's basketball Instagram. Um, but that was a really fun night. And um, it was just a really happy moment for us. Yeah, y'all got a good, but it was, like, a good, happy moment. Mm -hmm. Everyone looked so excited. Yeah, it was it was a good moment. We were all very happy for her. And just happy we got that win after all of that. So it was good. Um, so recently she got the interim tag taken off. So she's officially the head coach now. I saw her around this period when she got the interim tag taken off, like holding a basketball about to dribble it. Like it looks like she still can play at a high level. Oh, I, I think she can. I mean, she'll be shooting around before practices and stuff. And I'm like, dang, she still got it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she isn't old, but like, you uh -huh. know, she... You know, she still has it. Uh, she's definitely, and she'll show us. Like, she'll tell us that she, you, you don't want to mess with her. So, mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Have you seen her, like, run up and down and, like, actually hoop with her before? I haven't actually hooped with her. I think we're going to have to do that soon, though, um, because I just know she's going to be talking all that mess. So uh, we'll definitely <laughs> have to do that sometime soon. She looks like she could still play, though. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I'm sure she would get down and get her basketball shoes on real quick if we asked her to. So You're going to have yeah. to ask her and then <laughs> let us know how, how she plays. I know, yeah. All right, last thing I want to say about Coach Roger before we move on is that I watched her at the introductory press conference when she was receiving the head coaching job. And um, she really got emotional during it, talking about, like, the most important people in the room were the players. And so I like that even when she's getting attention, like, she always puts it back on the players and on the team and really wants to, like, push the team to the next level. And so I'm so excited to see, like, what you guys do next year. And I'm rooting for both of you because I hope you both have a great seasons. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think we're all very excited about her and just, like, what we have coming in this summer and what I think we're going to be able to do this season. So I think we're all very excited about that. And there's a lot of attention on you, too. Like, I know mm -hmm. one thing that happened with Don Staley, like, sent her oh, a video yeah. message, uh, like, congratulating her on getting the job and, like, yeah. doing well. Yeah. And so you have a lot of people pulling for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it even better because I feel like the support is, like, more than it ever has been. And um, so I think we're just very excited to be able to show everybody how, like, how good we'll be. Okay. Let's transition for a second and talk about, like, your daily routine, like, during the basketball season. Um, so what does a normal school day look like for you, like, outside of basketball, like when basketball is in off season? 
Uh, it's pretty boring, actually. When basketball kind of ends, it's just kind of like, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's not much besides school. So, like, I'll get up. I usually had class about – when do I have class? I had class sometimes at 9, sometimes at 9.30. So I'd get up, go to class, um, and then I'd get back from class, maybe do some homework, maybe wait to do it later. I usually take a nap. About every day <laughs> I take a nap. Um, and then I'd go to the gym and just kind of get some shots up or I'll – where me and some of my teammates would go and lift with our strength and conditioning coach, and we get, like, a little workout in. And then um, I'd go back to my room, and then I'd go to the calf and just kind of mm-hmm. eat a little bit. And then I'd usually end up hanging out with some of my friends, usually every night or, or so, and then I'd go to bed. So not nothing too exciting, um, kind of boring. But once mm-hmm. basketball ends, it gets a little boring. But um, still got to stay stay in there and get sh- in shape, and so that's what I did. What does it look like like during the season? How busy is it? Oh, it was it was busy, and it was an, it was a good busy though, because we'd practice. I'd go to class. We'd have practice at two, and then we would practice for about two hours, and then we'd have um, recovery, and sometimes we'd do weights after, um, and then I wouldn't get out of there until probably about five or six, and then I would go eat, and then do some homework, and then try to have a little bit of social life and go hang out with my friends some nights. Um, but some nights I didn't have time to do that, unfortunately. But um, it was it was pretty busy, but I did have enough time to have some fun on the side, so it was good. That's good. What did you learn that'll help you manage it better next year? Um, I learned to I think write things down and just kind of like have an agenda and a, a plan list. Like um, I need to get a planner. I think that's the next step for me. Just kind of like writing everything down that I need to do instead of uh, trying to memorize it and um, sometimes missing it. So um, definitely kind of get a planner and a. Learn from uh, so I learned that from that so yeah. yeah I'm the same way I think I can keep everything <laughs> in my head and memorize it but the older I get like there's no, no way you can remember all this and you start forgetting stuff you gotta write it down yeah gotta write it down and plan okay so on the academic side how was your first year in college classrooms it was it was fun it was pretty cool just to kind of see I mean Arkansas State's pretty small like it's not like you know a huge school so like I wasn't in like an auditorium every every class but. Um, it was like a fairly small class. Most of my classes were like 20, 25 people, which was nice because you kind of have an intimate relationship with the, with the professors. So you, they kind of know who you are. So you can always like ask them for stuff. Um, but it was a good experience. I'm majoring in multimedia journalism, um, hopefully to work for like the NBA or the WNBA one day. So, um, just kind of getting to learn how like to work audio and video and, um, kind of about journalism and writing was, was pretty interesting. And so I'm still interested in it. So, um, all of that was really fun to learn. Okay. Um, what kind of things do you do at school outside of basketball? I mean, not a lot. I don't have a lot of hobbies. I do play the guitar. I do love playing the guitar. Um, I started, I picked that up during COVID. My dad has, um, has had a guitar since like the seventies and he never learned how to play it. And it was always just sitting like underneath one of our beds and I remember just being so bored during COVID, and I was just like, I'm going to pull out the guitar. I'm going to see if I can learn, like, this small song. So, like, I pulled it out, and, like, I started to kind of get the hang of it. And then um, ever since, like, I learned that song, I, like, took off with it, and I was like, I got to learn how to play, like, all my favorite songs. And so ever since then, I started playing it, and I think that's my biggest hobby. But besides that, probably just, like, TikTok or being on my phone, something like that. Nothing too crazy. So you're like an inside person who's a homebody most of the time? I mean, yes and no. I love being outside, and I love, like, going out, but I definitely love just kind of chilling inside. So it's kind of like a both, both kind of, yeah. When you're outside, what are you doing? I mean, now since it's summer, I'm outside, like, 
just kind of laying out by the pool, like listening to music, mm-hmm. um, something like that, or just like playing with my dog or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's usually what I'm doing if I'm outside, but nothing too crazy. How about outside of school? Outside of school? There's not a lot to do outside of school <laughs> in Jonesboro, but um, I mean, I go for some walks sometimes with some of my friends. Um, well, there's like a nice little lake called Craighead Lake, um, like 10 minutes out, and sometimes I'll go up there, but um, nothing nothing too extravagant out okay. there, but yeah. Sound like you just chill and mellow. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Nothing, I mean, there's not anything crazy to do, so, I mean, there's not. I mean, if there were some students. Oh, no. Are you good? Um, if there was, like, some scooters or something, like, there are downtown and stuff, yeah. then I'd probably do some of that, but there's not that. So there's really just you're either walking or you're inside or you're playing your sport or that's really all you can yeah. do there. But, yeah. So now you know what you need to advocate for. You need to advocate for scooters on campus. <laughs> I knew. I know. I need to. That would be really cool, actually, because the distance between my dorm last year and some of my classes was kind of a walk, and I got some parking tickets <laughs> for dumb reasons, but um, because I had to drive in the rain. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I think having some scooters on campus would help a lot for a student, so I might have to advocate for that. All right, last thing I want to talk to you about before we leave college and talk about high school is, like, the analytics of your game. And so I pulled up some of your analytics on Synergy, which is a company that does, like, analytics for sports. And so I want to share with you and talk to you about some of your biggest strengths, like, analytically, and also, like, one area where I know you're going to, like, flourish next year. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. And so it may not seem like it when you're out there and when you're playing, but you are an elite shooter. Thank you. Like, even last year. And so one of the areas where I saw your biggest strength was it was shooting off of screens. And so here's the breakdown of that. And so during the season, you had 35 possessions. On those 35 possessions, you had 29 shot attempts, and you made 14. Like, it doesn't sound like anything over the top or extravagant, but overall in this area, your points per possession ranked 98 percentile in the nation. Which is like top of the NCAA or toward the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. And so, is that something that you practice coming off screens and like shooting off screens, or is it just something that just happened organically that you just shoot well off of screens? I, you know, I don't practice it enough as I should. Um, my dad always tries, like, every time I'm in the gym shooting, he's always like, work on going off a screen. Because, I mean, that's usually when I'm going to get most of my shots coming off a screen. But, um, and so I'll work on that every now and then. But I think a lot of that might come naturally because um, I haven't really grown up working on that that much. Um, but, but I didn't know that. That's pretty cool to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple more. So here's a couple other areas where you are elite. And so jump shot from short range to 17 feet, you're 97th percentile in points per possession. Uh, dribble jumper, 98th percentile points per possession. And your runner, 94th percentile points per possession in the nation. And so how does it feel or how does it make you feel hearing that you are in the top of the NCAA in several shooting categories? Uh, that makes me feel pretty good. I didn't know any of that. All right, so one area that I know you're going to grow in next year is catch and shoot. And so I'm going to share a catch and shoot with you. Okay. And so on guarded shot attempts, you shot 31.4% from the field last year, which puts you at 84th percentile nationally, which is really good. 
Unguarded, though, you shot only 30% from the field, which puts you at the 62 percentile, which is still really good above average, but it wasn't as good as guarded. And so do you feel like you shoot better guarded than unguarded? I will say I think I do. And I make this joke sometimes at practice, and it's funny because, like, there'll be times in practice where I'll, like, I'll miss, like, a wide-open three, and then some, some girl will be right in my face, and I'll just knock it down. It's the weirdest thing. But I will say I'm probably a better shooter when someone's guarding me than I am if it's just an open three. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. But, yeah, stats say you shoot better guarded <laughs> than unguarded, for sure. That's pretty cool. Um, so... Overall, in this area, the analytics say you're doing a great job. Like, keep doing what you're doing, putting the work in. I think you're going to, like you said, I think all these stats are going to get even higher and more impressive next year and, like, as you develop and get older throughout college. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so every shot you shoot next year, whether guarded or unguarded or what type it is, like, shoot everyone with confidence. Yeah. Knowing that you're an elite shooter, that's only going to become more elite. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I will. Next, I want to move on to your outstanding high school career. And so you finished high school with 1,779 points, 531 rebounds, 324 assists, and 259 steals. You were named Heartland Conference Player of the Year twice out of three years in that conference. And you were a 3A All-State Player your senior year and McDonald's All-American nominee. And so what do you remember the most about your high school career? Mm, I would say, honestly, I just go back to that state tournament game. Um, the one against Kingston sticks out the most. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the most, like, hyped up and the most fun experience with my teammates and just the town in general. So I would, I'd say that one. Okay. We're going to come back to that and go okay. in-depth on that game, too, in okay. just a second. Um, one interesting thing about your high school career is that you were coached by your dad. And so how was that experience? Um, I was that experience. It was it was good. Um, it was definitely tough at times, you know, because my dad and he's going to do, you know, everything to kind of just, you know, put me in my place when I'm not acting right, when I'm not, you know, my attitude's bad. You know, he's going to be the first one to jump on me. But um, there were definitely some tough moments with him where we hit heads and bumped heads like in practice and on the court. But he, you know, he's the guy that, you know, he wants the best for me and um, and like at the end of the day, I wouldn't have wanted any other coach coaching me because um, we bonded so much through, like, those tough moments. And, and we, we, we left everything on the court. Like, once we got home, we were just like, I love you. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it was it was a really fun experience. I was really blessed to have him as my coach. Um, he's very intelligent with the game, and he um, ultimately just wanted to see me succeed. And um, he made me tough. And, um, and so, yeah, I would – it was the best experience, I'd say. Do you think he was tougher on you than, like, the other players on the team? Oh, 100%. And uh, all the <laughs> girls will tell you that. Um, there are many moments where I was just like, why is he doing this to me? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he made me very strong. And, um, you know, he taught me wrong from right and how to act. And um, and so, but, yeah, they would definitely tell you that uh, he definitely was the toughest on me. Yeah. What were the car rides like, like, on losses, like, on the way home? You know, I will say, like, he was, he's a very, um, just, he's not going to take things out of hand. Like, if I didn't have a good game or, you know, we didn't win, it was just kind of like, okay, like, next game's going to get better. It's going to be better. Um, he was never, he was never that demeaning dad. Like, he was never going to put me down unnecessarily. 
Um, and I think that's what I love about him the most is that he never pushed me to my to like the limit where I wanted to like quit basketball. And I know that's a lot of like stories for a lot of girls and yeah. guys push it. where their like dad or their mom just kind of pushes them to the mm-hmm. edge where like they hate basketball. And I think um, what just I absolutely love about my dad is that he never pushed me to where like I didn't want to go to the gym and get better like he always was um, just very supportive on like what I wanted to do like if college basketball wasn't in the equation for me he wasn't mad about that like he just wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do and um, and so just having that I mean he was never he was never rude or demeaning to me at all and um, he was always just you know um, just wanting the next game to be better and hopefully win the next one so it was it was good with him yeah that's good to hear. Yeah. Cause you're right about it. like a lot of kids do get burnt out by mm-hmm. their parents pushing so hard, and All it the drives time. them away from the sport completely. All the time. And so it's good to hear that you had like a boundary where he knew like not to push. Yeah, no, too he, hard. He was good with that. Um, so I I thank him a lot for that. It's also good to hear too. You said like when you, by the time you made it home, like you guys were good with each other, yeah. like you could be normal yeah. again. Yeah, it was totally fine after because we just like kind of just like got it all out on the court and we we're just like whatever. Like we gotta like stop. I mean, like you can't just keep it going. Yeah. I mean, the game's over. Um, what happened happened, and we just kind of left it there. So, are good. your personalities like the same or are they different? Um, he's. I feel like they're a little different. We're not. We're definitely not the same person, but uh, we're similar in some ways. But we definitely we definitely have different types of uh, ways we act towards things. So, but yeah. So usually when it's the same personality, that's when like the conflicts happen because you're both that's so true. similar. Yeah, we. I mean, there are similarities, but I would say we're pretty different people, though. I got a lot of bit, a little bit of my mom. A lot. I think I have a lot of her. So, yeah. Did him coaching your team create any weird dynamics within the team? Uh, not really. I think just he was at Kellyville so long, and every. Every girl that I played with grew up knowing him as like a, like the coach, and yeah. so um, it was never like it was never weird or anything. Um, it was all good. I think all the girls really liked him, and he was just he was a good coach overall. Like yeah, he you know yelled at them obviously, and you know <laughs> got on them, but just as well as me. But um, I would say I would I would say that um, all of them would probably say that he was a really good coach, and they enjoyed um, being coached by him. So that's good to hear. All right, so diving into your freshman year. So I saw your huddle from your freshman year, and you were on a different level, like, even as a freshman. And so looking at your freshman highlights, you averaged 15 points a game and shot, like, 40% from three, which is, like, (laughs) remarkable being that young. Um, One highlight that I saw in particular that I want to share with you, like, it was so funny. I had to keep watching it over and over again. And so there's a possession on there where your teammate throws you the ball, like, you're in the half-court set. And, like, you drain a three as the girl is closing out on you. And as soon as you make it, like, she bends over and put her hands on her knees, like, because she's so exhausted. And so, like, even as a freshman, you were, like, wearing people out and, like, giving people trouble and giving people fits. <laughs> yeah, no, that freshman year was was a great year. I feel like I had been waiting so long to play high school basketball. Yeah. And... When I got the chance to play it, I was like, I, I got to go all out. Like, this is my time to shine. And, um, no, it was it was a great experience. Freshman year was really fun. And because um, I would always think going into it, I'm like, I'm playing against, like, these 18-year-olds mm-hmm. and 19-year-olds, and I'm, like, 14. <laughs> and um, I'd always think about that. But it was it was a really fun experience. Freshman year was, was really fun, just getting to play in high school because I'd been waiting, like, my whole life to finally mm-hmm. play high school basketball. So, yeah. 
Like, what preparation goes into, like, getting you so ready for high school at that age? And so you don't just walk out there as a freshman and start doing that. Like, that's developed in middle school. That's developed even younger than middle school. And so what was, like, the preparation growing up to make you ready by the time you hit high school? I think just being in the gym all the time with my dad and, like, my older sisters grew up playing basketball, and it just was always in our family, and just being at the gym all the time. But, like, I really think it just stems from, like, the the love that I have for it because, like, it was never like, oh, I got to go to the gym today. Like, I got to go get these shots up. But it was always just like I was there. I always wanted to shoot. I always just wanted to be, like, I just wanted to always have a ball in my hand. And so I think just kind of always doing that just repetition of just being in the gym and just like having nothing else to do but shoot and just you know kind of have a ball in my hands I think that's where it just kind of came from and and then when I got to high school it was just kind of like okay like I destroyed middle school basketball now it's time to like hit up basket like high school basketball and so I think that just kind of came natural I was like okay well I've done my work like I've mm-hmm. I've been in the gym and now it's time to like portray that to everybody and um so I, I think that a lot of that just came natural one thing I saw in the highlights, too, is that, like, you were shooting threes, like, step-back threes, like, long-range threes. Like, what's the preparation to get your body that strong as to be that young of an age shooting those deeper threes? <laughs> I think really just repetition. Like, I, ne- I never, like, lifted weights growing mm-hmm. up. Like, I was never doing anything crazy like that. And, and I mean, I wasn't, like, I mean, I was, wasn't scrawny, but I wasn't, like, this massive child either with a lot of muscle but I think just repetition and I feel like growing up watching like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry like seeing like the way that they shoot the ball um I've always kind of wanted to do that and so like every time I was in the gym when I was little I was like I want to shoot like that Mm -hmm. and so like I felt like the farther away I was from the basket the cooler it was and so like I just would like always just shoot as far as I could and um and I think just repeating that almost every day just kind of got me in the habit and my like muscle memory of just being able to shoot that far so how do you get the confidence though to shoot them in a game and so it's one thing to do it when nobody's watching or even in practice maybe but how do you get confidence like as a freshman to shoot deep range threes and like step backs i mean in high school i mean it was like i mean with my dad he knew that i had all that talent and he knew that you know do whatever you want i just want to win kind of thing and so i think just like everybody knowing on the team that I was capable of doing that um and knowing inside myself that okay like I can make these shots um I think that it came from all of that like okay I'm gonna make this shot you believe it I believe it so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep shooting so I think that's where it came from internally when did you know you could be that good in high school I don't know if there was an exact moment where I was like okay I can do this I think um I think just overall playing and playing against some top talent in the state during high school, I was just kind of like, I'm just as good as these girls. Like, I'm, like, right on their level, if not better. And I think when I started to realize that throughout high school, I was like, I can definitely take this to the Division One level. And um, I would always, like, think to myself, I was like, if a Division One school doesn't offer, then they're really dumb because I know, like, my talent is at that level and um so i think just like throughout high school and seeing that i was just as good as these girls that were getting division one offers and seeing that um that you know they're no no one like better than me like i'm right there on that level i think that's when i was like okay i can i can do this so so i see the competitive side of you coming out too like (laughs) you know you're just as good as them or if not better so yeah no i definitely like to if i see like there's there's been certain um, instances when I was like in eighth grade and there'd be some high school players and um, at Kellyville and I'd be like 
she can do that ball handling move way better than me. Mm -hmm. And I'd think that and be like, she's not going to do that, like, later. Like, I'm going to end up being better than her at this. And I remember, like, specifically there was a moment where we were doing, like, a dribbling drill, and I couldn't do it very well. And And this other girl, she was really good at it, and I was like there's no way she's going to be better than me at this. And so I, like, started working exactly on what she was doing, and then, like, a year later we had kind of done some of the same stuff again, and I was like, I'm, I'm better than her at this now. And so that competitiveness in me, yeah, I've, I've always had that, and it's always like I want to be better than you, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to be the best and be better than you. So once I kind of see that, like, she's better than me, I'm going to I'm gonna work as hard as I can to kind of try to beat that. Mm-hmm. But. All right, now jump into your junior year. I look at your junior highlights. The scoring and all that's still there, but one thing that caught my eye was your passing. And so there's one play on there where a girl is sprinting ahead of you, like, on a fast break, and you throw a pass, like, overhand. <laughs> it's a bounce pass. Hit it, like, in stride, and she lays it up. But, like, the way you threw it was not – what you would see from a normal, natural, like, basketball player. And you also threw, like, some passes that were, like, full-length court-type passes. (laughs) And so growing up, did you play any other sports besides basketball, like softball or baseball or something like that? I did play softball growing up for a while. Um, And I really loved softball. And it was when we moved um, to Kellyville because I had grown up in Cleveland, Oklahoma, and that's where my family was. And then we ended up moving to Kellyville where my dad was. And, and then once we moved, I stopped playing softball. So that was like, honestly, in like fourth grade. And so I stopped playing softball and then started focusing on basketball. But growing up, I always loved softball and like, especially throwing the football. I always enjoyed that. And so I, I think some of that might stem from just throwing the ball a lot. So yeah, yeah I could tell. Like those plays, like every basketball player can't make those throws <laughs> like that. Yeah. And so I figured there had to be either football, like in the neighborhood, or baseball, or softball, or something. Yeah, no, the, definitely softball was a big part of my of my childhood. So yeah, that overhand um, throw definitely stems from softball. <laughs> now, high school and senior year is when I first learned about you as a player. And so Coach McVeigh, who's with us doing the cameras mm-hmm. right now, he coaches Crooked Oak. And yeah. you guys played against them in the – you can give him a hard time if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys played against them in, like, the first game of the regionals your senior year. Oh, yeah. And so leading up to that game, I saw that Kellyville was ranked, like, top five, and they were going against a top five team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what makes Kellyville, like, this good? Because they're normally, like, not no. top five. <laughs> yeah. And so I get to do my research, and, I, and you pop up, and you're, like, a McDonald's All-American nominee. And so, like, now I'm intrigued about the game, and I want to see what's going to happen and all that. And so what do you remember about that game, um. if anything? I mean, I remember I remember it being really close, and it mm-hmm. should not have been that close at all. <laughs> and I remember, I don't even remember what happened that game. But, um, but now that was a fun game because it was, I think it was the first round of regionals. Uh-huh. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah it was um, kind of intimidating because I feel like all the girls were pretty intimidated. And we were like, I don't know, like we were going to have to like really play good this game. We never know what could happen. Um, but, no, it was a fun game. And I feel like there was, there was a certain girl – um, it was, I think, their best player. What's her name? She tall. Coach Mack. Tall player. Diana, right? Yeah, she was. She was talking some mess to me. I remember that. Um, but she was really funny and just like she was fun to play against. But <laughs> I remember her the most because she would always try to talk to me. Um, but she's a good player. But it, it was fun. That game was was a good game. Yeah. And so going through the detail of this game, cause it had a good ending. Um, you guys were down by one at halftime. 
And so you went to the locker room down by one, and the game stayed close all the way into the middle of the fourth. In the middle of the fourth, though, like, that's when you turned it on and took over. And so there was a stretch of time, and here's what happened during that stretch of time. First, you had a floater. Then you had a full-court pass that led to free throws for your teammate. Then you had a steal off an inbounds play, and off that steal, you went down and got an and one layup. And, like, that was all she wrote and ended up winning by 15. <laughs> oh, wow. And so you turned the game that was, like, a two- or three-point game into, like, a 10- to 15-point game, like, in a matter of minutes. And so how do you keep your poise in tough situations and make winning plays? I think I I really try to stay calm in those situations, and I'm always like, okay, like, I'm going to have to really give it my, my all and stay as calm as I can and kind of just try to be the leader of the team and try to get them to stay not nervous and just kind of not let, like, the crowd or, like, the other team or the girls, you know, get in their head or anything. Um, but that game specifically, I think it was really, like, the fact that it was my senior year. We had never made it to the state tournament, and I was like, this is our year. And, like, we're not losing. We're not going to get a chance to, you know, potentially get beat out by a team that I know we're better than. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt like all the girls kind of felt the same way. And so in that moment, I think I was just like, turned on the flip the flip of the switch and I was just like I'm not losing this game and um and I think that's what happened I was just really like we're not losing this game I have to change something here and so I think honestly that might have been what happened so do you know that you have another gear that you can hit sometimes and yeah. you just activate it yeah they're definitely especially when I'm just kind of like I get frustrated or I'm like kind of just like we're better than this team like what is going on I know we can win this um something just kind of flips and I'm just like okay I gotta I gotta do something about this so yeah like when players hit this flip or this switch players have it some do some Mm -hmm. don't do you think that's something that players learn or you do think that's something that just like internal that they just naturally have I honestly think it's something they just have inside like it's the competitiveness that they're kind of just like either born with or just kind of learned like growing up and playing sports I think they're just like have this mentality of like you're not beating me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to do um, to not let you beat me. And so I think that's where that stems from. Just, yeah. yeah. I think it's a mixture of both. So I think it starts internal, but I think you do have to go through games and, like, yeah. play lots of games to yeah. learn how to activate that's it true. at yeah. the right moments. Mm-hmm. But I think about, like, LeBron, and, like, he turns it on and activate, activates it. But other players can't, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think about, like, Paul George and, yeah. like, DeRozan. <laughs> like, all those dudes could never beat LeBron when he was in the East. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't. Because yeah. he just has that kind of mentality. Like, um, I like I love the Mamba mentality that Kobe, like, always yeah. had. Just, like, the way that he could just turn turn the flip and just, like, become, like, a different basketball player. Um, and, yeah, that's what the greatest players have. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So you think you have that, like not I mean, to that I level, think, but yeah, like yeah, you have def- a switch that you can turn I, on at times yeah, when the I, game gets tough. I think I do. To yeah, pull it out. Yeah, definitely not to that level in no. any way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely there. Okay. So fast forward a couple of weeks, you guys made the state tournament for the first time in school history, boys or girls. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the atmosphere around Kellyville like during that time? You mentioned a little bit, but you haven't yeah. gone to detail on it yet. Um, it was amazing. Just like all of the support that we had, um, throughout the whole town, like, the families of, of our players and just, like, the other just sports programs um, there at Kellyville. I mean, everybody was so invested in what we were doing and what we were accomplishing. accomplishing. And um, just having that kind of atmosphere that Kellyville never had around basketball was, was just really cool to see. And just all the support we had from the student body and just, like, our faculty was just outstanding. And 
um, I'll never forget, like, the bus ride through the town before we went to OKC. Um, that was really cool, just getting to see, like, the policemen and just, like, the firemen and everybody in the town of Kellyville, like, come out and show us our support. So, especially in OKC, like, I mean, that's about, like, an hour and a half, two-hour drive, mm -hmm. and we had a lot of fans there. And so just having that kind of uh, support system at Kellyville when we did all of that was amazing. So, yeah. Did it put extra pressure on you to win there once it, you got there? Honestly, no. It, it gave me more of, like, an at-ease kind of thing. I'm like, we have all this support. Like, there's nothing else to prove. Like, we – they have – like, they have all the confidence in us, and they, they know what we're capable of, and they're just waiting to, like, witness it. And so I think just um, having all that support really just kind of put me at an ease of, like, okay, like, the town's invested, and, like, now we just have to show them. So, so first game was Kingston. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about that game? One thing that, like, particularly sticks out is the the shot that I made from, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. the other, like, free throw line. Yeah. yeah, that was the most, like, absurd moment of my career by far. Um, definitely the thing that sticks out the most because I still, to this day, don't know how that went in. Yeah. So um, that was definitely the coolest moment. But, I mean, on top of that is definitely winning, but um, that stuck out the most because mm -hmm. it was kind of like a whoa moment of, it like, was. how did that happen? Because mm -hmm. um, I kind of, like, I mean, in that moment, it was the end of the third quarter, and, like, I was going to shoot that. I love, like, shooting those mm -hmm. last-second shots. Yeah. And, I mean, no part of me thought that was going to go in because it was just kind of like a crazy, like, you know, overhand pass, like, mm -hmm. shot. and um, That's the softball coming in. I know. It, it was something like that, but... But, yeah, I threw it, and I was like, that's kind of getting close. Like, I was like, wait a minute. And um, and I remember, like, when it happened, I just put my hand over my mouth, and I was just, like, in complete shock. And I just know the Kingston, the whole Kingston fan base was just like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. um, but that was probably the, the coolest part of that game. <laughs> yeah, it was a momentum shift there because the game was, was kind of, like, imbalanced. It was very uh -huh. close, too, and I think that kind of gave us a little bit of an edge at the end. So. Yeah, it did. So that ended the third quarter. And that buzzer beater, and so it propelled you into the fourth quarter to mm -hmm. go ahead and bring it home. Yeah, that was an awesome, like, I'll never forget that day, just, like, leading up to that moment and, like, playing in the big house had always, like, been just a dream of mine. And watching my Uncle Randy, who coached at Vertigris, he won a state championship, I think, in, like, 2015 or, or 16. And I remember just going and watching them and his team play. And I remember just, like, going and thinking, like, I want to play there one day. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to win a game here. And just, like, getting to do that was just, like, the most surreal moment and just such a big blessing to, to get to do what I had dreamed to do, like, growing up. So That's special. Yeah. Especially really when you can dream about it and, like, make uh, it become a reality. Yeah, that was, like, such a surreal moment. Like, wow, like, it's actually happening. So mm -hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. I'm going to share a couple of things about that game. There were some good moments in that game. Okay. All right, one was in the second quarter. And so this one is one when I watched the game, like, I had to keep going back to this over and over again. <laughs> and so there was a play where you got a dribble handoff. And, like, when you got it, you hit the girl with a behind-the-back dribble. <laughs> and then, like, you weave through the lane and you, like, step through everybody and laid it up. And so the more I watched it, the more I'm like, it's like you're playing in slow motion. Like, the game is moving in slow motion to you. Yeah. And so does it ever feel that way, like you're playing in slow motion? Yeah, especially that game because I was so nervous. Like I could, I can't even explain how nervous I was that game, and my body almost felt like 
it was almost like I was in a dream kind of moving in that sense. And it, it was like a very just I was just very nervous that game. And I was just like, I got to play good. And I was just like all the emotions like I was happy. I was nervous. I was like freaking out. And um, and then I started feeling a little better, like towards like halftime. But yeah, everything was a little in slow motion at that time. But um, but it helped a lot feeling that way because I I mean, that was by far my best game I've ever played and um and it's funny though because i had just got some new basketball shoes mm-hmm. like two days before the state <laughs> tournament and everybody was like don't wear them like mm-hmm. you're not gonna do well yeah. and i was like no i have to rock these like these are great like i'm gonna play so well and they're like they're not they're not like they're stiff still like you haven't got a chance to break them in i'm like no i'm playing in them and i mean i end up having like the best game mm-hmm. ever in them and um yeah i still love those shoes look good play good look good play good I'm not, i mean there it is so it mm-hmm. was a good game yeah okay now the biggest thing that had the impact on the game was your foul trouble and oh, so yeah. like in the very beginning of the third quarter you picked up your fourth foul i think it was like six minutes left in the third quarter yeah you remember that that was very insane because my dad was so mad at because he was like what are you doing like why are you fouling but I will say like oh, those refs really kind of got me on uh, my my tippy toes there because um, some of the fouls were a little bit like they were a bit of a stretch but mm-hmm. um but it was a very just like oh no if I foul out like I don't know how this is mm-hmm. going to go and so um it was it was tough playing that like end of that quarter and then playing the whole fourth quarter without fouling again, because I knew like I'm not gonna be re- really able to play defense at all. Yeah. Um, but um, it was it was tough, but I ended up ended up working out, and I don't know how it did, because I mean I tried my best not to like even get really close to a girl mm-hmm. at all. But I think on that last play when I made that layup to kind of steal the deal for the game, that was probably the biggest. Um, I'm taking a chance. Yeah, gamble. Yeah, gamble. Okay, yeah, gamble. (laughs) Sorry. It was like the biggest, you know, gamble in the game because, you know, I could have fouled and I would have fouled out and we were only up by, I think, one or maybe we were down. I think you were up one. Yeah, and so that was by far, like, the biggest gamble of the game because I I knew that if they did call that foul, Mm -hmm. then it's, like, over and I don't know how the game would end after that. Um, But, you know, that all ended up working out and it was, like, the perfect moment for that steal. So, yeah, it was good. I think some players know the play has to be made and they have to go for it. Mm-hmm. And so some players in that moment would not go for the steal and the other girl might catch the ball and then make it in their face and win the game against them. Yeah. But some players are like, this is the play that has to be made and I got to be the one that makes it yeah. and they make the play and they win the game. Yeah, and I, I don't even think at that time I was really even thinking of like the fouls I had. I was mm-hmm. like, this is an opportunity for me to like yeah. potentially steal the ball yeah. and That's like, your moment take, yeah, to win take the game. Yeah, take away their, um, you know, momentum from scoring and it was like the perfect moment. So I, I none of the, the fouls were really in my head besides like, okay, I have a chance to go and make a shot so that's what happened it was very interesting though the moment that you got your fourth foul though and so when you walked to the sideline your dad was really upset yeah like he was he's yelling he got off with you for a second Mm -hmm. but I could tell he was visually upset and I could tell you was kind of disappointed like that you had like hurt your team and picked up your fourth foul yeah that was a really tough part because I was just like I'm putting all of us at Jeopardy here, and I sh- probably shouldn't have reached in or done that. That was kind of stupid, but I was also kind of mad about the fact that it really wasn't a foul. But, yeah. um, but I also was like, I think this is going to work out as long as I like don't you know, get close to a girl and our players help over. I think it will mm-hmm. be okay. So, But, yeah, he, he, de- he was definitely mad, but um, we ended up smiling after, so mm-hmm. it was all good. <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't give you a hard time about it afterwards. No, I don't think we ever talked about it ever mm-hmm. again. So <laughs> it was a good moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, the commentators in the game said, leave you out the whole third. So they said, keep you on the bench the whole third. Like, don't put you back into the fourth. Yeah. Uh, I know your dad called timeout and subbed you out. You only stayed out like 10 seconds. And then he called another timeout and put you back in. Yeah. Um, I remember that because we really didn't have – I think I was the only one that could really get the ball up the floor because mm-hmm. they decided to press after that because yep. they were like, she's the only one that can mm-hmm. bring up the ball. We have to press. Now this is our chance. And so I think once my dad saw that, like I was our only chance of getting it like up the court, I think um, he was like, she has to go back in. So, yeah. But, but yeah, that was a pretty intense moment. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. They pressed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they got a turnover. And as soon as the ball was turned over, your dad called another timeout yeah. and put you back in. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to have his trust to, for him to put you back in with that much time left, like in the biggest games of both of y'all careers so far up to that point? I mean, it means a lot. And I think it just comes from, like, he knows how how I can make the game just kind of, like, shift and uh, make something happen. I think he knows um, how I'm able to do that. And so when he when he puts his trust in me like that, it even gives me more confidence to, to go out there and actually make something else happen. So Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has it in you, and, like, you had to be out there. Mm-hmm. So kudos yeah. to you for playing with high IQ for that well, long. thank you. Thank because you. Because that was 14 minutes of game, basically, yeah. where you couldn't pick up a foul. Yeah, well, I got to give it to my teammates, too, and I feel like I should give them more credit. But they were amazing during that game, just kind of helping me because they kind of knew that I had, like, um, you know, the hot hand that game, mm-hmm. and they were really just kind of trying to feed me the ball and give it to me whenever uh, they could. So um, that helped so much. So, yeah, yeah they, they were great. I, I really loved that team my senior year. Um, we made some good things happen that year, and all the girls were really fun to be with. So Yeah, that game, too, like, there was times when you weren't scoring. Even though you ended up with mm-hmm. a lot of points, there were times when you weren't scoring. They picked up the slack, too. Mm-hmm, like, Bear Paw, like, yes. she had, like, some threes and some yeah. putbacks. Like, she Especially, was killing that game. Oh, yeah, like, Kaylin Bear Paw, she's plays softball at Tulsa now. Um, she's, like, a phenomenal two-sport athlete. Like, she could have gone and played basketball somewhere as well. Um, but she, I mean, there were times where we played Chisholm, I think, the game to go to state and area. And, I mean, I was not having a hot game at all, and she came in so clutch with just, like, the threes. And, I mean, she did so much um, all four years, and uh, I couldn't have done any of that without her. But also, Shaylor Childers, who plays at Seminole State right now for basketball, um, she helped so much. She was our post player. We really didn't have any tall girls, and she was our tallest girl. And um, she really did a lot for us um, junior year and senior year when she came from Berry Hill. Um, and she made a lot of things happen, rebounds. I mean, we wouldn't have had half the rebounds without her. Um, she contributed so much. So without those two girls, I don't know. It wouldn't have been the same. So. All right, last thing I'll mention about this game before we move on was just, like, right before you made the steal and, like, sealed the game with the N1 layup, you had just missed, like, a one-and-one free throw. And so, like, how do you shake off misses and, like, mistakes and come back, like, with winning plays? Um, I think just, like, getting even more mad at the fact that I could have had us up by one more point. Yeah. And I think just that, like, adrenaline of, like, um, okay, I missed that. I've got to make up for that. On the other end, I've got to like make up for it some way. Um, I think that, I think that helped me a lot. Just kind of be like, I was, I was kind of. I remember that moment where I was just like, how did I miss that free throw? Like that's the stupidest thing I could have done. Like, mm-hmm. and I think once I was just kind of mad at myself for that. I think I was like, okay, I've got to make up for that in some way. And so um, after that, I think that's what happened. 
So that game that we were just talking about against Kingston, you end the game with 38 points. And so shout out to you for that performance because there are not many people who have scored 35-plus points in, like, the big house. Well, thank you. And so usually players go into the big house and it takes them time to get adjusted and, like, to find their rhythm and mm-hmm. to score. Even the best score takes them time to figure out how to score in the big house. Mm-hmm. But you ended that game with 38 points. Yeah, thank you. That was a, a really cool moment for me because I think just coming in and, like, getting the opportunity to play in the big house. And I was like, I've got to leave it all out there and I've got to give it my all and um and it just really paid off so yeah. I mean that was a surreal moment for me and that was the first win in school history boys mm-hmm. or girls at yeah, state which was amazing making history like with that with all the girls so so next game you played number one seed rolling and y'all came up just a little bit short yeah um that was a tough game it was I mean they were a really well coached team they had a lot of talent a lot of shooters um and we just really didn't have our our best game unfortunately um but it was it was a fun game to play it was like I feel like we had we had scrimmage Roland um in the beginning of the season and I, we did we didn't do very good against them and I think we had a little chip on our shoulder like mm-hmm. okay we got to come out here and like show them that like we're better than what we were in the beginning of the season um but you know they just they were a really good team a lot of skilled players they had a good game um but you know I feel like we performed pretty well um I feel like if we would have played a little, you know, a little different. I think maybe the outcome would have been a little different. But um, I think it was it was a good experience getting to play them, though. Yeah, I thought the same thing when I watched the game. Like, they were beatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't find your rhythm. Yeah, I agree. And, like, thinking back on it, too, sometime when a team has a very emotional game the day before, like, it's hard the next game to turn around and have your best game yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that win was really emotional being so close against Kingston. Yeah. And so by the time you get to the rolling game, like, your emotions have been all over the place, mm-hmm. and it can be hard to find your rhythm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were all kind of, like, on a high there. Um, mm-hmm. But we also knew, like, um, you know, we were kind of the underdog there. But we knew, like, they were beatable. We knew that we were capable of beating them. Um but, you know, just unfortunately we didn't have, like, the best team game. Um, but, you know, it, it is how it is, and I think we're all just very um, thankful that we all got to even get that far and play against Roland. So it was it was a good experience. For sure. Um, so knowing that you were a senior-heavy team, you guys had, like, four seniors in your starting lineup, mm-hmm. and knowing that was the last game, like, with your dad coaching you, like, how did it feel in the locker room after that game? It was It was pretty emotional, but I think, like, at least for me – um, and I think for him as well, I think we knew that we did everything in our ability to, to win that game, and it just, you know, didn't fall for us. And we, I, I mean, I was I was content in a way with, like, how well we did and, like, the history that we had made together at Kellyville. And it was just a very sweet moment and, like, bonding moment for me and my dad, just knowing that we really did all we could. And, um, and you know, that's how it ended, but... Um, it was emotional, but it was it was a good moment for for us as a team, and we all just kind of hugged each other after the game, and we were like, that was it, but it was really fun, and we did better than I think anybody would have expected us to do, and we did the best Kellyville has ever done in basketball, and um, and so I think just knowing that um, we went up, we went, you know, we went outside with, you know, head high, so yeah. it was you good. accomplished a lot. Yeah, so I think we were all pretty pretty happy more than we were sad that's so, good yeah you should be like yeah. you guys accomplished a lot in school history yeah. and just overall yeah and I, I felt like there wasn't much to be sad about in the sense of like we played the number one team fairly close and like we gave it all we could and that's just how you know it ended up but 
um, I think we all were pretty content with how it ended. Okay. Last thing about high school I'll ask you about, you kind of touched on this already a little bit with just your teammates mm-hmm. and like what they mean to you and their impact. And so yeah. you had got a lot of attention and a lot of shine for like how you were doing, but like you don't do it alone and you mm-hmm. need your teammates support and help to, to get to that point and to do so well. Yeah, very true. Um, I couldn't have done that without them at all. And I do get like most of the credit, but I will say like a lot of that comes from them and just like the support that I had through them um, and the confidence, confidence that they had in me. Um, was was a great was really nice to have just having your teammates kind of like want you to do well and especially me wanting them to do well and me wanting to give them the ball as much as they want to give me the ball and um, I mean they're they helped me in ways I couldn't really help in the way of like rebounding as much um, and just you know getting girls open you know they really did a lot for the team and so they definitely deserve more credit than they get but um, but very thankful for that group of girls so well said Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people think the athletes are just athletes, and like that's all the only thing they do, and like the only thing that's on their minds. But I really want to capture you as a person off the court. And so, how would you describe Jay, like off the court, if you couldn't say anything basketball related? Hmm. I would say I'm pretty like an easygoing person. I kind of I just love to have fun, like be with my friends. Um, this might be like a typical answer, but, um, I just really just like, I'm, I'm really just easygoing and I'm a big Jesus lover. Um, that's very important to me. My faith is, and that's like the biggest thing for me. Um, but I mean, I really just take life pretty easy with like a positive mindset and, um, I'm just, I I like to be around people. Um, I love people. I love just like, um, you know, having fun conversations with people and learning about different things. And so, um, yeah, I would say, I feel like one thing I'd say, easygoing person. So. <laughs> you seem like you're easygoing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so let's talk about TV first, so, and movies. So what's your favorite TV shows and movies, and, like, what you're watching right now? So I would say one of my favorite shows, I mean, right now is, like, Stranger Things. Uh-huh. It just came out, like, the fourth season. I yeah. really love it. And I'm not, I don't like sci-fi. That's, like, the weird part about it. Like, I don't, I'm not into, like, unrealistic stuff at yeah. all. Like, not a big fan of Harry Potter or, like, anything mm-hmm. like that. But um, something about Stranger Things was just, like, very intriguing to me. And um, so that's definitely like, one of my favorite shows right now. Um, last year, I think I watched a show called The Queen's Gambit, which is on mm-hmm, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting because um, I knew nothing about chess at all. And I still really don't. But um, <laughs> it was, like, it was really fun to watch. I think that was a really good show that I really liked. Um, and then Outer Banks on Netflix was really fun, kind of, like, teenager show to yeah. watch, which was interesting. Um, kind of makes you want to be at the beach. So mm-hmm. um, I did like that show a lot. And then movies... I'm trying to think. One of my favorite movies ever is The Giver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have you heard of that. Yeah, I read the book like in yeah, middle school. Great, great um, movie. I haven't read the book. I probably should read the book. The book is good. Really? Yeah, I probably should. I'm sure it's better than the movie. But I just kind of like the idea of like how life would be really boring without all of like I guess the negative things life has. And yeah. so um, life is like really just a really it's a really pretty thing, and I think it just kind of gets overlooked a lot, and uh, that movie kind of shows that. Um, so I really like that story. Um, I really like the movie Glory Road. Okay. That's yeah. a really uh-huh. good movie. Based I on like, a true story? Uh-huh. Very good movie. Um, I watched that when I was really young, and it, it also, like, gave me some more love for basketball. Um, and then recently I just watched Hustle. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched Sandler's that. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. I really liked it. Just kind of getting to see like the inside of like the, you know the NBA combine and all of mm-hmm. that, and how that recruiting th- kind of process goes for those guys, like out of country. And um, I thought that was really cool. So mm-hmm. those are my top right now. So, so strange thing, I think is like number one on Netflix right now, yeah, right? Like yeah. getting a lot of attention. Yeah. No, I, I love that show. I don't know. I mean, it's great. It has a great storyline and like great plot, but yeah. um, definitely out of my normal liking but it's mm-hmm. it's a good show so i started outer banks so i'm on like episode five <laughs> do you like it it's, it's a little, okay yeah. it's a little cheesy it's a little cheesy I, <laughs> I agree i feel like if i was like you know like my dad's age or something i'd totally not watch that show yeah. but it's a little it's a teenager mm-hmm. like kind of sure. vibe. yeah uh-huh like one thing about it like there are way too many close encounters <laughs> and so like with the police and like with the bad guys yeah. who are from like a different city or whatever like yeah. they wouldn't have kept getting away all those times no like in real life none of that would be <laughs> happening but um but it's just kind of fun to watch but uh but yeah i, I like that show how far have you got on outer banks um, I finished the second season that came out last August. Okay. So I finished it like maybe a week or two in t- when it came out. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that one's a fun one. I wouldn't say it's like one of my, I mean, I would say it's like one of my tops, but it's not, um, it's just kind of like a fun show to watch rather yeah. than like one that I'm like super interested in. So, yeah. All right. Tell me if these things get answered in Outer Banks. Don't tell me what happened, but just tell me if these things get answered. Okay, okay. So does the main character find a love interest? So he's interested in two girls right now. Okay. Does he end up with one of them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell me which one, though. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> next thing is the sheriff, the black female sheriff mm-hmm. officer. So do we find out if she's a good person or a bad person? Because right now we can't really, well, at the point I am, uh, I can't really tell. You'll find out. Like, yeah, you'll okay. find out if she's a good person or a bad person. Okay. What do you think she is? Uh, She seems good, but she's in too deep, though. Really? And so being okay. in that deep, I don't think that she can keep her hands clean because know. she knows too much. Oh no, you'll have to see. <laughs> I think she's good, though. I mean, okay. I don't know. You'll have to see, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> last thing, is his dad still alive? Don't tell me if he is or not. Just tell me if it's answered. Like, does the series oh. answer that question of his? It does. Okay. Um, actually, I don't think in this season it does. Next okay. season it season does. Season two it does? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, let's go to music. Okay. And so, what are your top five artists of all time? That's really hard. Yeah, it's hard. Because I am a very big music lover. Like, uh-huh. I will listen. I mean, I'll probably listen to every genre. Yeah. Um, my top artists will probably be Coldplay. Okay, so Coldplay? Yeah, Coldplay for sure. Um, favorite Coldplay song? Favorite Coldplay song. That's tough. I have a lot of You can favorites. name them. Um, I really love, um, like, Paradise. Okay. Clocks. I like uh, Clocks. Just the Scientist, Green Eyes. I have a lot of favorites. Um, I'd say there's one with Beyonce. I forget uh-huh. what it's called. Sometimes I forget the names. But very good band. Love that band. They never fail. Um. <laughs> My dad's a really big fan of the band, too. And he introduced me to them, like, when I was little. So I think that stemmed from him. But mm-hmm. really good band. Um, unpopular uh, opinion on band, I feel like, for a lot of people. The Lumineers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah, Have you ever heard, heard of them? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of my favorites. Um, I like the vibe of just kind of, like, it reminds me of, like, a little sunset, sunrise kind of uh-huh. uh, vibe with their music. And I really like that. Um Will Reagan, he is a, a worship artist. Um, I really like him. Just kind of like the the acoustic, slowed down Christian songs. I like really love those. Those really like get me like emotional. So <laughs> those are really good. I really like those. Um, and then 
I'd say like I love Drake. I will say I love Drake. Like Drake is usually my pregame kind of vibe. Okay. I like Drake. Um, his new album isn't very good. You didn't like it? Did you like it? No. Yeah, no. It's not. It wasn't giving. But the last song, Twenty One Savage, is pretty good. I but do like that. That's my that, favorite. That one's by far the best one. I was um, gonna say that. I like when he talks to talk like on that yeah, song. You can definitely jam to that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do like Drake. Um, I'm trying to think. Cause that's four. Is that? Four? Yeah, I think that's four. Dang, the last one might be tough. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what I've listened to recently. I'm all over the place. Like I'll listen to like one artist and one song, that'll be it. Yeah. But uh, consistent listener of like songs. Uh, I feel like there's another one. Oh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift for okay. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love her. Um, I've always loved her. She's she's really good. Uh, there's I can almost like sing almost every song she has. So. Um, yeah, I'd say those top five I could listen to for a while. So. Yeah, you definitely have a very mellow and chill vibe for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and I uh -huh. like a lot of like indie rock, mm -hmm. uh, like a little Frank Ocean vibe, and okay. um, like stuff like that, Steve Lacey and stuff like that. So kind of around there, yeah. Definitely spiritual too. So yeah, faith yeah. is a big part, and mm -hmm. you mentioned like Will Reagan and a couple yeah. others. Yeah, and Hillsong United. Uh -huh. um, yeah, those are big parts of of me. I, I really love that music a lot. So. Especially like the acoustic just vibe of it. I'm not like I'm not like big fans of like very like um I guess electric mm -hmm. stuff. So um I really fall back on like stuff like Will Reagan. It's very just kinda mellow yeah. and soft. So yeah. Pre game, like mellow music gets you going? No. I okay. I can't. I, I don't think I mean a little bit of worship here and there on pre game, but I usually have to have something like that's making my head bop a little bit okay. and like getting ready. So what would that be? Songs or like artists? Either one. I'd say, like, I like Lil Uzi Vert a lot okay. on my pregame. Okay. I like him. Uh, 21 Savage, for sure. Especially Nonstop by Drake. Oh, yeah, I like that, that one. one. Gets, I like that, that one gets me, yeah. That's not, like, my running music. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one's good. That one's good. Um, but I want to hear, what's, what's your go-to? Um, Like, artists or go-to songs? or Artists, go-to songs. Okay. Both. So, one I think you would like is Lecrae. Yeah, so, I like so Lecrae. So, he's yeah. up there pretty high on mine. Um, one that I thought about yesterday, I think about this question was Outcast. Okay. I think Outcast would be pretty high on mine. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've heard of them. You never heard of Outcast? Maybe I've heard their song. Like Miss like Jackson? That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that's I like Outcast. Okay. So those yeah. would be pretty high on mine. Okay. J. Cole. Kendrick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kendrick. Okay. Did you like his new album? Yeah, I did. You did? Have okay. you listened to it? A little bit of it. I wasn't like wowed. Did you go all the way through it? No, I'm being honest. Okay. Maybe I should. Do you have a specific song that you think I'd like? Um, Count Me Out. You'll love Count Me Count Out. Count Me Out? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll uh -huh. listen to it. Listen to that one. Okay, I will. For sure. I, will. So I think those are like my biggest go-tos for sure. <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh -huh. You'll like the Kendrick more when you hit 30. <laughs> so you it's too it's too old for you right now. I but mean, when you get older in life, come back to that Kendrick I one. I like some Kendrick though. Yeah. But that one will hit different Money when trees. you hit 30 or okay. 35. Okay. Money Trees is good, though. Money Trees is good. I like it that is. one for sure. Uh -huh. um, and then the one called Love on his last album, on Damn. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, one's really mm -hmm, good. Yeah. I like that one. Uh -huh. That one was good, too. Mm -hmm. That yeah. one got a uh, Pulitzer Prize Award. It did? Yeah. That, that one's good. I love how like that one goes. And then All the Stars with SZA. I haven't heard that one. Really? Uh -huh. that, that one's a good one. It was in, I think, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I have. You probably uh -huh, have. Uh -huh. um, yeah, good song. Good song. I like SZA, too. I, didn't, I need to put her in there. But, <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So next, let's talk about fashion. And so athletes right now are getting a lot of attention for fashion, especially like in an NBA and WNBA. And so what are your fashion like go-tos or like what do you like to rock? I'm pretty, I wouldn't say I'm pretty boring when it comes to fashion, but I do love fashion. Um, but my, my go-to outfit like every day is probably just like, honestly kind of what I have on right now, just yeah. like some sweatshorts, some like nice shoes, and then um, either just like a tank, like in the summer, especially like a tank top, mm-hmm. or just like a t-shirt. Um, nothing like too crazy, but when I like go out somewhere nice, I prefer like a tighter dress. Yeah. Um, those are like my favorite. I feel like I look pretty good in those, and so mm-hmm. I like to rock whatever I look good in. Um, but, but yeah, as far as it goes to fashion, kind of not, I'm kind of boring in some ways, but, um, I do like to look good. So I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to look good all the time. <laughs> so I hear you saying you keep it comfortable most of the time. Keep, yeah. But if you go out, you're going to have to oh, yeah. dress or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to show out if, if I have to go out <laughs> and uh, make an appearance. But as far uh-huh. as me, just every day, I'm just pretty, it's pretty comfortable. And what if you have to dress up, dress up, what are you, what are you going to wear? Um, I've, I've usually stuck to like, kind of like an, like a nice short, like tighter dress in a sense, um, with some nice heels. So okay. I like to, or some sneakers. It depends on the vibe of the dress, but it depends. So. What kind of sneakers do you want to wear with it? Like a, that kind of a dress? I mean, I really, I mean, either some Jordans or some, some like a nice sneaker, some type okay. of, some type of dunk or something. Gotcha. No. All right. Next, we're going to move on to your family. And so can you talk to me a little bit about the culture of your family and, like, the background of your family and how it shaped you as a person? Yeah, so my mom is from Ecuador, South America, and my dad is from, you know, good old Oklahoma, white boy. <laughs> and um, and so um, it's it's been fun kind of growing up kind of with two different, like, perspectives on, you know, culture and stuff. Um, I grew up a lot with my, my dad's family, though, because a lot of my, my mom's family is in Ecuador still, and so I really didn't grow up with them a whole bunch. Um, so I was really on my dad's side the most. Um, but as far as culture goes, it, it's, it's really fun because my mom, me and my mom are a lot alike in a lot of ways. And um, and so I, I really like just kind of like the getting to experience kind of both of what my mom has to offer and what my dad has to offer. So. How'd they meet? They met um, at OU okay. College. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story. So my dad is like five years older than her. And so she came to the States when she was 16. And um, she ended up going to college in Oklahoma. And my dad uh, ended up going and being like an electrician for like a couple years out of high school. And then he came back to college. So it's funny to think that like if my dad would have went mm-hmm. to college after high school, he probably wouldn't have met my mom. They actually dated for a, one month. And they got married, oh, wow. which is crazy to me because yeah. I always love telling that story because I'm like, yeah. that would never happen to uh-uh. me. <laughs> so, Your dad wouldn't approve of that? I don't think so. And, like, <laughs> I just don't think I could actually marry anybody after a month. Uh-huh. So um, that definitely like was completely true love and um, like God placed them in the in the right place. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of family traditions you have, like go to meals and stuff like that? Um, I feel like the go to meal for my mom's side is it's so have you ever had lentils? I've heard of it. So yeah, lentils is like a little bean. It's like it's like a round shaped bean, and um, so lentils, rice, and plantains. Mm -hmm. That's the go to meal. I don't even know what it's called. I don't even know if it has a name. But um, I grew up on that a lot, and it's one of my favorite dishes for sure. Um, I like it's just simple, but it's like the plantains are just like amazing, especially when they're sweet and they're cooked right. Um, Yeah. So he, my mom introduced my dad to plantains, and I think he. He loves that. So um, that's my favorite meal by far. So. Any traditions that stand out, like family traditions? 
we don't really have a lot of family traditions. I would say just like the typical like family traditions, like going over to like my grandma's house for Christmas and like Thanksgiving, but nothing like too crazy of a family tradition. So, Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about the role your mom played in you growing up. And so, I imagine that you and your dad were out with basketball for Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, what role did your mom play, and like how has she shaped you as a person? I mean, my mom, she's, she was always there. Um, she was always there with us, and, like, she, uh, I mean, she's amazing. She has made me the person I am today. Just, like, the amount of, like, she is the strongest woman I know and I probably will ever meet. Um, just what she had to go through growing up and, like, coming to the States and, and all of that. But, like, growing up, she was in full support of what me and my sisters wanted to do and, like, what we were passionate for. And I think ever since I started touching a basketball and, like, seeing the potential that I had and, like, seeing the love that I had for it um, made her – I mean, she didn't know anything about sports before my dad or even basketball. And so I think, like, me growing up and my sisters growing up with basketball and just, like, coming into a basketball family, she learned a lot. And she really tried to, like, be involved and learn more more about just sports in general because of my dad and because of our family. And, um, I mean, she never failed to support me. If anything, she was a harder than me, harder on me than my dad. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it was all, like, out of love, and she wanted me to do as good as I, as she knew I could do. Yeah. Um, but, no, she definitely played a huge role in the success that I've had so far. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And she played yeah. a big role. Oh, yeah. She, I know she probably didn't always get the attention and yeah. the limelight. Mm-hmm. But when I, like, if my dad couldn't go to the gym with me when I couldn't drive, like, it was always her. And she would always, you know, motivate me. She would be, she always would instill the confidence that I didn't have growing up. And, you know, always tell me that, like, if you want it, like, you're going to have to go yeah. work for it. anything in life that you got to work for. It, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to achieve it. Nothing's going to just come to you, like, in your lap. And so uh, she really taught me how to, like, what hard work means and how to achieve things. So, yeah. All right. So thinking about culture and talking about culture, there's, like, the culture within a family, but there's also the culture within a basketball team mm-hmm. as well. And so, like, how has it been, like, being on a college team that their background of players are very different from, like, those that you went to high school with? Yeah, it was it was very interesting at first. Um, I think as time went on, though, I kind of got the, the gist of, like, how it is and, like, how other, you know, girls are from different cultures. And I think that was really important for me as a person to grow as well as, like, on my just knowledge of, like, how people, like, come from different places and, like, how they act in certain situations is different than, like, how some girls would act from, like, you know, a small town in Oklahoma. It's, like, a a girl that grew up in a small town in, like, I don't know, like, Florida or something. Just completely different. Um, And so just kind of getting to learn how people are in different situations and, like, because it stems from where they come from was really interesting. And I think it was – it's been a very good experience just getting able to see those different cultures and getting able – being able to just be friends with um, just people that I've became friends with because of that, because of basketball. And it's brought me a lot of fun friendships and people I would have never been friends with without basketball. And so um, it's been really good. Yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about basketball and about sports. Like it makes people interact with each other that would never interact. And like they're all interacting for the same common goal and Mm -hmm. to win games and to enjoy games and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, like, basketball has especially just brought me, like, friendships that I will have forever. And um, basketball has just let, allowed me to reach people I would have never been able to reach without it. So, yeah, it's been good. So, last year, what kind of things did your new teammates introduce you to that you didn't know about before? Or what they put you up uh, on? It could be music, it could be I movies, mean, or... I don't know. I would say... 
I mean, there's not one thing that comes to mind. I feel like we all kind of knew of the same kind of things, yeah. but um, probably fashion. I would say I would shout out like Malin Wilkerson. That's on my team in uh-huh. uh, Lauren Pendleton. She they both have a pretty good sense of style, and um, I said pretty good, but it, it's pretty. <laughs> I, it's good. Um, and I think they introduced me to a lot of, like, um, high-end brands and just kind of, like, the, the style. And uh, especially, like, Maylin Wilkerson. She's from Houston, Texas. And uh-huh. she's a big Houston girl. And, like, everybody knows she's from Houston. And she, she's really cool. So she introduced me to a lot of just, I think, fashion. Just, like, different types of, like, shoes and stuff. <laughs> Anything you put your teammates up on? I can't say. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I did. You'd probably have to ask them because I. I mean, I'm probably just unaware of the things I say, and then they're yeah. probably like, "Oh, okay." But um, any music that you listen to, and then they start listening to? Definitely not. I just don't <laughs> see them listening to half of the stuff I listen to. Um, no, I don't think. I, I mean, they might have something, but as far as I know, I don't know if I put them on anything. Okay. But, but yeah, might have to ask them sometime though. For this segment, this is "Would You Rather." And so for Would You Rather, I'm going to pick your brain about four questions that are basketball-related and four questions that are college-related, and you got to pick one or the other and defend it. Okay. All right, sound Sounds good? good? All right. So first one is, would you rather go undefeated at home or go undefeated on the road for a whole season? I might say undefeated. That's tough because I feel like if I go undefeated at home, that's like a big – you know, I guess, like, really great for our fans to see Uh that and a good, like, gift to them. But then again, winning on the road is hard, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool when you get to say you went undefeated on the road. And I think the fans might, although they might not like seeing it in person, I feel like they'd be pretty impressed with the fact that we could do it away on the road. Mm -hmm. I think I might have to say on the road. Okay. Why are you saying that one? <laughs> I think I might have to say it on the road because I feel like it's just really hard to win on the road and nobody really expects, you know, to be undefeated on the road and mm-hmm. to even win more games than you lose on the road. And so um, I think I think people would be really impressed by the fact that we could do that, which would mean, I mean, we don't get to play at home in the, in the tournament or in, the, you know, the conference tournament. So mm-hmm. I think winning on the road might be the better option if we want to be successful. Yeah. So. I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah. I never thought about postseason play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the tournament would not be at home. No, not at all. And the NCAA tournament it wouldn't be at, be at home either. Yeah, so, and so I mean, if you won the road, you probably would win a championship. <laughs> exactly. I didn't think about that part. Here's yeah. what I thought about, though. I would go undefeated on the road just so I could spoil it for their fans, you know, kind of like yeah. how you said about senior night. Like, yeah. I would like that feeling the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then I would have one loss at home. And so if you only oh. have one loss at home, you still pretty much went all That's the way facts. undefeated. I didn't think about yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I thought about this for like a week though. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, definitely on the road. I think uh-huh. it just like is you know, I guess it's got the upper hand on there. So. Yeah. And then if you lose one at home, now you don't have the pressure of being undefeated either. Exactly. And so when you go into postseason play, you're not feeling that pressure of being undefeated. Right. And you're no, you're used to not having as many fans and you're yeah. used to being on the road, so okay. be better. All right. Here's the next <laughs> one. Would you rather only play in the first three quarters of the game or only play in the fourth quarter? Oh, that that's tough. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say, I'd say the fourth quarter because I think if depending on how the team how the team is played in the first three quarters, mm-hmm. um, 
then I think I think ending the game ultimately at the end of the day, I think being there at the end and like finishing the game yeah. is probably the coolest part about it. Like, yeah, you can start the game, mm-hmm. but then like play like a quarter or two. But like if you end the game, I feel like that's kind of pretty cool. And just getting to like finish the game out and being a part of like the last minute plays and like yeah. the outcome of the game. So I would probably say the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, the game's over by the time you get in the fourth though. If it's what? What if the game's over by the time you get oh. in the fourth quarter, though? I mean, I can try everything my ability <laughs> to get, like, you know, try to get back. But yeah. um, because, like, the thing is, like, if you go in during the first three and you're up and then like, uh-huh. you get taken out and something bad happens and you're just, you can't go back in yeah. and try to, like, help yeah. at all. And well, so you had a longer stuck. time to impact the game, though, with three quarters rather than one, though. <sighs> that's true. Oh, that's really hard. I mean, I'd rather just play all four. <laughs> but, I mean, if I had to pick, I might, I think I might have to go with the... With the fourth quarter. Okay. So fourth quarter so you can close and try to finish and win the game? Yeah. I think and I hope that your team is not down by 30 yeah, when you yeah. get in the fourth? Hope and pray. And that would never happen, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. So let's say you're down by two with a few seconds left in the game, right? Okay. So would you rather get a guaranteed two and go into overtime or take a 50-50 chance for the three and the win? I usually like playing it safe yeah but i feel like but there's a lot of times where i'm like you got to go for it because you never know because mm-hmm. i mean even if you do take the two and it's guaranteed you go into overtime and it's not guaranteed yeah so it's like honestly still 50 50 in my mm-hmm. in my opinion although you, you have more time to kind of make up if you guys get scored on but yeah. i think i might have to that one's tough that is tough i don't know I think I might. I think I might have to play it safe. Okay. I, I might have to play it safe and go in and have more time and overtime. You were leaning towards the other one when you first heard it, though. You were leaning towards the three. I was. I was. And then I was like, that might not be smart. That might not uh-huh. be smart because I mean it could be, but it's like not a hundred percent guaranteed. So you going with the two guaranteed two overtime? I think so because okay. then you have you have a little more time to kind of adjust you get a timeout yeah. you get a little time to to figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. and have a chance with about five more minutes so yeah i think i might go for the safer route on Kay. that one i think it depends on the other team mm-hmm. if the other team is better than i am then definitely going i for want the, the three yeah to try to finish to it be done. or if we're in foul trouble or something like that or we're exhausted i want yeah. the three to try yeah. to win it but I feel like we're going to beat them in overtime and, like, they're looking exhausted and, like, they're not better than us, then I'm going to take the two. Yeah, no, I think, it, yeah, on the circumstance term, yeah. it depends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, if you had no circumstances, you would take the two and go to overtime? A part of me would. <laughs> I mean, I need to stop. I feel like I definitely would take three. I think I think I would definitely take the three. I think a part of me just wants to play it safe, but at the end of the day, I think it would take the three. Okay. We might go with the three. Yeah. All right. All right, last one for basketball-related. Would you rather run back the state championship from your senior year and, like, replay that? Or would you rather make the NCAA tournament as a seven seed? Make the NCAA tournament as a seven seed, by far. I think. By I mean, far? Yeah. Because I think, although that game was amazing and, like, yeah. I You can run back the whole tournament, though. So you can run it back and have a chance to win a ring. Uh, I mean, just, I don't think I would. I think. Getting, I mean, all of this has led up to, I think, from the very beginning of my basketball career when I was younger, watching March Madness and just watching the hype around it yeah. and, watch, and, like, wanting to be a player, a part of that my whole life. 
and the reason like I didn't go Division Two because like that was the reason I wanted to play Division One because I wanted to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think I, I would have to. I would have to take the NCAA tournament over the state tournament. Yeah. So I hear you saying like you need to experience that feeling of being yeah. in a tournament. Yeah, because I mean I've already experienced that, and like while it would be cool to relive that and replay yeah. that, I don't think I would. I think I'd much rather get to play at the biggest stage in college basketball than play, you know, at a 3A <laughs> level in high school at the big house, so, uh-huh. in Oklahoma City. So. That one surprised me, but you defended it well, and you were, like, adamant about which one. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. by far the NCAA tournament. It's uh-huh. just it's yeah. what I've always wanted. So. Final four is in Dallas next year. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, so these are college-related. So, would you rather have a class with a big exam and no homework or no attendance required? So, only test, no attendance, no homework, or always have to be in class and have no homework and test? Hold on. And be in class and have homework but no test. So, I'm doing more time. Always, always in class and, okay. and um, homework and no test. You go with that one? Yeah. You sure about that? Yeah. One hundred percent. Because I had a class that was kind of like the other one. It was my biology class, and um, I did not like the fact that it was literally just all tests, yeah. and like there was really no homework. So yeah. it really mattered what you got on each test, and that determined your grade. And I did not like that at all. So I think there's not as much pressure when you don't have tests. So just mm-hmm. being able to do homework that you can actually research and do your work on, yeah. I think that is like that. the safer bet. Okay. I like that a lot more. Are you a good test taker? No. So yeah. that would not be good for mm-hmm. me at all. Do you all. feel anxiety? Uh, kind of. Where I just, like, I'm just, I struggle to prepare, like, yeah. well. And uh-huh. so, um, and then I just get nervous, and it's just not fun. And so when it's just homework and it's just kind of easygoing, where, like, I might have to work really hard on something yeah. for homework, uh-huh. it's much better than having to go be ready and be anxious all day for an exam that determines your final grade. So Yeah. What helps you when you feel that anxiety with tests? Like, what helps you do well? Um, Not a whole lot. I think I just kind of uh, – I definitely pray when I'm just, like, very anxious. In games a lot, I'll just start talking to God, and I'm like, Lord, like, I know, like, I know I shouldn't have, like, fouled her here, but, like, mm-hmm. Lord, just, like, help me keep some strength for the end of, like, this third yeah. three minutes left. And so I will honestly always result back to just, like, I'm always, like, in prayer. But, like, yeah. um, that's probably the only thing that keeps me calm is just, like, or I'll put on some music or something yeah. and kind of get my mind away from it. But that's really it. One thing that helps me is finding one that I know. Mm, and okay. so if I find one that I know for sure, I got it right. I'm like, I probably know the rest <laughs> of it. I probably can get that right, too. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm too much of an overthinker. I just feel like, nah, I don't know that. <laughs> but, yeah, I like that, though. Okay. All right, here's the next one. Would you rather have the worst professor of all time once or just okay professors forever for the rest of your college career? That first, what was the first so one? So the first one was worst professor of all time one time. So you got to take one class with the worst professor of all time. Or you could just have average, mediocre professors mm-hmm. like the rest of your college experience. I'd say one bad professor if all the rest are going to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So I'd say one really bad professor yeah. for all the rest of them to be, like, easygoing and, like, good teachers. Yeah. You for that. sure? For sure. What if that one professor, like, caused you to be ineligible, though? And so what if that one professor lost all your work and, like, oh, made you have an F? No, I'm just saying. It's a possibility. No, I know. That's <laughs> uh, real. Uh, if if it's that, if, it's, if that's the case, then I'll go with the other answer. Uh-huh. 
But I mean, if he's just straight up, just like doesn't know how to teach yeah. kind of thing, and you'll sit just, through it. Yeah, like I'll let it be. But yeah. like, if he's gonna make me uneligible <laughs> and like, you know, mess up my career a little bit, then mm-hmm. we are gonna have some issues. But um, no, if he was just bad, then different story. But yeah. All right. All right. Here's the next one. Would you rather have only terrible and boring professors but get straight A's, or have great and interesting professors but get all C's? The first one. Okay. So you rather have terrible professors and get all A's? Yeah. Rather than learn a lot and get all C's? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> might be a bad answer. I don't yeah. know. But, um, but yeah, probably. Why? Just because, I mean, although, like, I want to learn, I feel like you're going to learn something regardless of, like, because you're going to have to do the work for yeah. the homework. So yeah. you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather not have a teacher that is great but gives me a C. Yeah. Um, because I, to me, I feel like at the end of the day, like it matters what you have on your transcripts and not really what, I mean, then again, it goes both ways. I feel like you need to know your knowledge, but I feel like is my knowledge in sometimes like if I'm handing in a resume, I mean, I have knowledge, but they're going to look at that transcript and they're going to go, okay, you have all A's here. Yeah. So that's all we need in a mm-hmm. sense. But then again, it goes both ways because you want to have that knowledge. Uh-huh. That's a tough question. That's that a is. good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, but then again, you want to have knowledge. And then I then, but then also, there's a lot that goes into this. Oh my gosh. Um, you thought I was thinking too deep into this. No, these. no. Like You're this going deep on this, this one. This one's deep. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you need knowledge because knowledge can get you farther than like a transcript or like your grades can. Mm-hmm. But also in certain situations, your grades can get you into places yep. and you not know much. Mm-hmm. So, but honestly, I think to me, I'd rather have more knowledge than just like grades on like a piece of paper. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess I'd honestly, I'd have to go with the more getting more knowledge out of it than you know getting better grade. Yeah. So in the beginning, you started with the other one. Yeah, and but then, then I thought flipped. a little more deeper. Okay. Yeah. So you're going with the knowledge. I'm going with the knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Last one. Would you rather never be able to find a table in the library or never be able to find a table in the dining hall? Never be able to find a table in the library. Okay. Because, I mean, you got to eat something. You got to be able to sit <laughs> down and eat. I mean, you can't stand up and eat. And, uh, no, that would be awful. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, you can... You can find somewhere in the library. Like, yeah. there's no or way. Or go to another place. Right. Or just, you can study somewhere. But, like, if you're going to eat the calf cafeteria, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to stay there. You can't yeah. just leave. Yeah. So, I've definitely got to find a seat at the cafeteria. And you got to have the right seat at the cafeteria, too. Like, right. it has to be with your friends and everybody yeah, else, too. Yeah, it's got to be, yeah. Sometimes I like to go alone, though. I don't okay. like going alone really? sometimes. But, yeah, it's, like, a good experience. Just, like, alone time. Mm-hmm. You do... Is that sad huh. for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually, I did that sometimes after, like, um, like our off-season workouts. I just go to yeah. the cafeteria and just chill. Yeah. And no athletes were really around anyway because mm-hmm. they had practice during that time. But, yeah, it's yeah. a good experience. It makes sense, though. You have a lot coming at you and, like, a lot to do and a lot of expectation, though. It makes sense to have yeah. quiet time and alone time sometimes. Yeah, it's nice just kind of, like, and I never, like, in the beginning of the school year, I probably would have never done that. I probably yeah. would have, like, I'm not going alone. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But, like, as, like, you know, I got into it, I was, like, it literally doesn't matter. Like, just go in. And, like, if your friends can't come and eat lunch with you, like, you you have to go alone. So just mm-hmm. go alone. But, but yeah, definitely I'd rather have a seat at the cafeteria mm-hmm. than yeah, me and my friends always joke like the worst thing is when they go to the cafeteria without you, and then they already ate, and you ask them like, "When we're gonna go eat?" and they already yeah, went. That's the worst. <laughs> that's just I try to avoid that. Like you're not. Oh man, no. 
but yeah, I want to see it definitely with my friends, preferably. Yeah. But but yeah, good answer. So thank you for sharing on Would You Rather. Those were some good answers. You thought thank through you. them really well. Great questions. Yeah. All right, so for our next part, we're going to dive into, like, women's sports a little bit deeper. And so these questions are questions you may not have given much thought to because you just haven't got them before, or you're also, like, really busy being a college athlete. You may not have time to, like, thought about them and reflected on them. But at Bringing the Culture, one thing that we want to do is, like, bring more of a spotlight to women's athletics and also discuss topics to advance, like, high school and college women's sports. And so with that being said, can you tell us some advice that you would have for a young woman that's going through the recruitment process for college? Yeah, I would I would say soak it all in because it is a really fun process because, you know, like these colleges want you to play for their school, which is like an amazing like just feeling that you get from that. Um, so definitely just like soak it all in and, you know, um, just be thankful that you even get that opportunity. But also, you know, like – Think about it. Think about the decision that you're going to make because that's potentially going to be your home for the next four years. And, you know, make sure you consider everything, every part of your life into that school and just kind of make sure that it's the right fit. And uh, just be confident because you want to be happy with your decision at the end of the day. Like, you don't want to, you know, make your decision and then, like, think later that night, like, oh, man, like, I, you know, because no one really wants to decommit or do all of that. So I think – you just want to make sure as much as possible that that's the place that you want to be and where you're going to be the happiest and where you see yourself, you know, just, you know, the as you just want the school to be the place that brings out the best in you. And so once you find that or you think you found that, I think that's the place where you want to be. So I would say those, like, components there and just making sure that that's where you're going to be um, wanted. I think that's probably number one. You want to be at a place where you're wanted because um, you want to go somewhere and play. And so I think knowing that you're wanted and knowing that you're going to be happy and going to be treated right and like a family member, I think that's where you're going to be the happiest. And I think that's what I think my advice to all the girls that are in the recruitment process. And I think that's where um, those are the components that I think you need to consider before you uh, commit to a school. Anything like young women should be looking out for when it comes to like the recruitment process or coaches or schools? Um, Probably just like, Knowing that the recruitment process is um, is intentional and that it's uh, that it's real and that it's not um, that they actually feel that way about you and that you are sure of that. And because I know in a lot of circumstances there are times where um, in the recruitment process they might tell you things that aren't true necessarily or things that they don't hold up to. And just you want to be as sure as possible that you have trust with these coaches that you're going to be wanted and that you're going to be um appreciated in that program so once you feel like you know pretty sure about that with whatever school that you're considering um i feel like that's school you should go with is there anything in your recruitment process that really helped or that you did really well that you're like yeah that's something that other people should consider or do um maybe not in particular but i think really just like once i like really felt like the staff at arkansas state saw what they saw in me and saw like that I was a good player and that I could be someone really special at Arkansas State, and I felt that that's how they actually felt about me, um, that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is the place I want to be because I'm going to fit in well with the way that they play. Mm-hmm. And I think just can just knowing that they were going to be, you know, appreciative of my talent and that they're going to, you know, take use of it rather than, like, I get there and then I sit on the bench the whole mm-hmm. season. So 
once I figured that out and I was like, I think that's something big. Um, that's probably the biggest one to consider is make sure that you're appreciated in the program. Yeah. I think style of play is a big one too mm-hmm. that not everybody thinks about. Yeah. Like, but style of play determines a lot in terms of like how the coach is going to view you and how you're going to play and like how you're going to feel about your role in the team. That's very true. And that's, that's something that played a big role as well is just like knowing that I like to play fast and that's mm-hmm. how they wanted to play. Um, and I know there are other schools that recruited me that kind of like were in a slower kind of offense where like play after play after play, and that's just not how I play very well, and I just knew that I wouldn't fit in a program that was like that. And so just knowing that I was going to fit into a program that wants to play fast and wants to just go score um, was the perfect fit for me. So definitely knowing that you're going to fit in with the style of play is so important. How big were, like, the campus visits, like, in making your decision, too? And so I know the Grand Canyon wasn't an official visit, but, mm-hmm. like, how big of a impact did it make, like, actually going to the campuses and being able to see the campus and maybe even see people? It was cool because although, like, the unfortunate part about the recruitment process for my class was the fact that it was during COVID, so, like, all of that got shut down where, like, we couldn't take official visits, and so all of that was just, like, on our own and my family's own where we just went out there, but getting to go to, like, Arizona and seeing, like, what my potential four years could look like in the future was really cool because it was, like, am I going to like being in this weather, like, for Mm -hmm. four years? Because, I mean, it is so hot in Arizona, and um, that was one thing, like, um, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to love the heat there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, just getting to kind of see, like, oh, this should be my potential next four years, seeing all of that and just um, just getting kind of to see, like, where I would play, potentially play, and, and getting the atmosphere of the campus um, was, was a really cool experience. And then, um, and but when I just went to Arkansas State, it just felt very homey, felt like a real, like, campus. Like, it felt like, uh, it just felt like home. So that's what led me there. Next question is, what makes, or tell everybody, what makes women's sports so unique? What makes women's sports so unique? I think just because, like, we're women, I think, like, there's, like, the stigma behind sports is, like, men, and just it's it's always been men, and I feel like a lot recently, I mean, women's sports and women's basketball especially has been put up higher than it ever has, mm-hmm. and um, and I think just, like, women are so special and so, like, talented and I just feel like for the longest time, it's always been looked down on because we are women and, like, we're not as fast and we're not yeah. as strong as men. Mm-hmm. And it's always just looked down upon. But yet, like, we bring some of the most fun and entertaining, like, sports moments. Yeah. And so um, with whatever sport, I mean, I love to talk about, like, the Women's College Series, mm-hmm. World Series, because, like, college softball is, like, honestly, in my opinion, more fun to watch than college. It like, is. It is. Baseball. Uh-huh. And so um, just, like, and I think it's so under. I guess overlooked in that sense, um, but no, it is it is so unique and something that I feel like if more people really looked into and really watched women's sports, they'd be like, oh wow, like this is really fun to watch. Like, why isn't this talked about more? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say that. Okay. Anything unique about women's college basketball? Um. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, it's basketball, and um, but I mean, I would say just like. Getting getting the coverage that we do in a sense, I feel like we do deserve a lot more of that. But um, I think it is. I mean, the the viewership that we get in the tournament is is phenomenal, and I think like that just shows enough of a, of like how many people do watch women's college basketball, and that people that are actually invested in it and do enjoy watching it. Um, but I just think 
there are so many talented girls and so many like just skilled players around the whole country and the world um and i think just it coming from all different places and being able to show that nowadays to people um i think that's what makes it unique yeah for sure i think one thing too like kind of piggybacking off what you said is like human tendency is to compare things Mm -hmm. and so we want to compare women's sports to men's sports all the time or people do but we have to appreciate this women's sports for being women's sports and mm-hmm. men's sports for being yeah, men's sports. Exactly. And so, like, a lot of times we have all these talk shows that want to compare and rank everything. Like, mm-hmm. who's the best, LeBron or Jordan? Yeah. And, like, where does this person stand? Right. But, like, we have to just let great things be great things. Exactly. I agree. And so I think women's sport, like, is beautiful to watch. Like, it's a good game. Like, there's athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like, you have women who have been putting in their whole careers working on this craft mm-hmm. and working on their games to get to this level. Exactly. And it's a very beautiful game that requires, like, teamwork and, like, it's a high level, mm-hmm. like, it's high skill. Yeah, and I, I think it just deserves a lot more respect because it's always compared to, you know, mm-hmm. men's basketball. Yeah. And it's just, like, uh-huh. it's not supposed to be compared no. to, like, we're not playing against each other. Uh-huh. Like, and who knows what it'd look like if we were. Like, it yeah. might be, like, pretty impressive. But, like, yeah, it's just it's very compared all the time. And I think... Um, especially just like seeing what really just is upsetting is like seeing like you know women's sports posted on like ESPN's Instagram mm-hmm. and then like seeing all those comments of like yeah. guys saying like, who cares yeah. and all of this when like why are you like why does it matter mm-hmm. like it's literally something that yeah. phenomenal that happened like why are you so just like it, the tendencies of comparison and like oh but she's not like LeBron yeah. James like she'll never be like you know an NBA player so just that comparison of all of that yeah. is kind of just stupid but but yeah, no, women's sports is so unique, and it's something that I feel like everybody should um, respect. For sure, and watch. Mm-hmm. What are some things that could improve women's sports at the high school and college level? Improve? I feel like probably the the amount of coverage that that they get, um, because like I will say, like a lot of I mean, obviously there's a lot of good. Um, male athletes out there and, and like basketball that get a lot of more just a lot more coverage than a lot of girls in the nation that are are just like phenomenal basketball players but they aren't getting like ball is life they're not mm-hmm. getting these co- these different you know places that are covering these games when it's like well, I wish I could watch more of her but I can't because there's no coverage on yeah. her um, while there's like some of these boys that are honestly like average <laughs> Like, I'm not going to even lie, no. like, uh-huh. some of them are, and I'm not saying all of them, but, like, some of them are average basketball players, mm-hmm. but yet, like, none of these, like, high-end, like, top ten girls yeah. are getting any coverage. Um, and so I just think if, if, like, there was any improvement that needed to be done would probably just be the amount of um, coverage that they get because I feel like if they got more and more people got to see how good these basketball girls mm-hmm. are, I think it would really change people's perspective a lot. Yeah, it would. Like, once you go to a game and watch games, like, you're going to fall in love with the players. You're going to mm-hmm. fall in love with the game. You're going to yeah. fall in love with the atmosphere. Because it's a wonderful atmosphere in the game to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see, like, the disparity between the sports. And so that's yeah. one of the reasons why we started this podcast and, like, are starting to create content is because the disparity is there and it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Like, it's getting better than it used to be in the past, but it's still not where it needs to be. Yeah. I agree. And it's so, definitely getting better. And yeah. I love that you're doing this. This is amazing. Yeah. So. And so we all play a part in, like, growing the game and, like, advocating for what needs to be done. Yeah.
Okay. Well, our last section of the podcast is favorites. Okay. And so I asked you, Jay, what were some of your favorite things and, like, some of your favorite snacks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so in the bag are some of your favorites. And so as you open it up, kind of describe to the viewers and listeners <laughs> of, like, what it is and, like, why it's your favorite. Okay. Right. Cool. Hey. Hey. Bring in the culture all day. Thank you. Oh, no, you're good. Get the mic. <laughs> Thank you. And so that's one for you and one for your dad. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Popcorn. It's a very essential part of my my life. You always have to have popcorn at all times. Okay, maybe not all times, but um, definitely every time during a movie, you've got to have popcorn. And I love popcorn. Thank yeah. you. Oh yeah, these are these have become my favorite um, like treat because it happened like this past year in college. I think like my one of my best friends she put me on these and <laughs> I was like, wow, those are good. So um, definitely one of my favorites. Make sure you don't like, eat too many of those. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh oh, oh yeah. Thank you. I love Chick Fil A. It's been um, a go to since I don't even know when. Whenever it became a thing, I don't even know. But, yeah, I love Chick-fil-A. We have one near campus, so um, I'll definitely be using these. Thank you. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. So those are – there's one dad. for your dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he's going to love this. He's uh-huh. going to love this. Thank you very you're much. Welcome. This is awesome. So those are your favorites. Yes. All thank right. you. So as we wrap up, thank you for being here today, Jay. Thank you for sharing so many things about like you as a college athlete, you as a high school athlete and you as a person. Is there anything you want to share or say before we conclude? Um, thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be a part of this and, um, this is going to be big one day. I'm excited to be a part of this. So bring in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing I would say is like, I've started to reach out so for the final like video production and like get pictures and videos uh-huh. from people. And one of the people I reached out to was KV Rising. Oh yeah. And so they do like all of the recording yeah. and like everything for the Kellyville games. Mm-hmm. And so they said something that stands out to me and like resonates to me that I think is true. Okay. And so they said Jade is a very good basketball player, but an even better person. Wow. And so when I think of Jade, I think of that line right there. She's a really good basketball player, but an even better person. Well, thank you. And so we look forward to watching you play next year and, like, following your journey. And you're going to do amazing things throughout the rest of your life, not only on the basketball court, but off of it as well. And, like, we really are looking forward to seeing, like, what your future holds because your future is very, very bright. Thank you. That means a lot to me. appreciate it. That's it for our episode.